Welcome to the Make Ready with the Experts podcast. I'm your host, Fernando Coelho. We're here at Pantio Studios bringing you the very best from in and around the firearms industry, covering topics like guns, gear, firearms training, self-defense, and so much more. Everything from industry insights about the latest gear and training techniques, to hunting, survival, and empty hands. But this isn't just about the guns, folks. This is about the stories. The military, law enforcement, and civilian stories of heroics protecting our country, fellow citizens, friends, and neighbors. MakeReady.tv is the official website of Pantio Productions and features over 5,000 segments from world-famous instructors. With new video titles added each month, MakeReady.tv is widely known as the Netflix of firearms training. However, we really do go beyond that. We have survival series. We have empty hands. We have edged weapons. We cover armorer skills. We've done documentaries, even medical and hunting. With your subscription, you will have access to an extensive library of videos. To be quite honest, we got a lot. Be sure to visit MakeReady.tv and subscribe today to stream our exclusive content to any device, anywhere, anytime. This is content that just may save your life or the life of someone you love. My name is Pat McNamara. I did 22 years in Army Special Operations. I retired in 05. I teach tactical marksmanship. I teach combat strength training. My name is Chris Moyer. Uh, nickname is Dutch pretty much for the last 35 years or so. 31 years in the United States Army, 26 of those in Special Operations Command. My name is Rick Hogg. I'm a 29-year U.S. Army Special Operations Combat Veteran. I've taken my time as a Special Forces Advanced Urban Combat Instructor a special operations canine handler in my 13 combat deployments to both Iraq and Afghanistan. Jamie Caldwell, 21 years Army Special Operations, spent about seven years in Ranger Battalion, and then 14 years in another Tier 1 counterterrorism unit. Most of the guys here that are with us today, I've served with. So uh, Rick, Dutch, Jamie, we all served together in the same unit around the same time. Bourbon has been a part of my military career probably for certainly the last 30 years. And every time we go to the team room, discuss after action review, bourbon. If you toasted in mates coming into the, to the element, right, bourbon. If you toasted men out of the element, bourbon. If you were at a, an event where you were putting one of your mates in the ground, bourbon. So before Jamie gets here with his American muscle, talk about Charlotte just a little bit. I want to see you guys it. have seen you've seen the the outside. So Power three, plant. yeah, three eighty nine, all original matching numbers car. The only thing I've done is some bolt on stuff. Like I took out that little 
radiator and put in a big aluminium radiator, headers, better air box, but uh, took some of the steel off, all new insulation, rubber, roof rail, draw, um, uh, front end rebuild kit, but all OEM, none of that Restomod BS. Original uh, carb? Yep, original four barrel Carter. So these came with either tri-power or four barrel, and this is four barrel. Tri-power's cooler, oh, and sure a few more cooler. ponies, but harder to keep tuned. Way so. harder to keep yeah, tuned. Yeah. Three different carbs you can yep. So I have a book with all of the original. You got all her, uh, yeah, all the original all, paperwork. All her medical dates, yeah. prom pictures. Yep. Original bill of sale. I hear Jamie, check that out. Nice. Well, well, well. Nice. <laughs> let me let me drop this hood down now. <laughs> Don't get whoa, jealous, whoa, Sean. Whoa. <laughs> Brother Jamie, how you right. doing? It'll be all right. She only RPMs over eight thousand. So. <laughs> as far as bourbon goes. I like to try a lot of different flavors. You know, I'm still fairly new to the bourbon game, so Angel's Envy fan, I love some Jefferson, and of course, I got a nice bottle of Weller 12 at the house. Brother Paul! I brought some bourbon for oh. you boys. Woo, hell right. yeah, sit her down Everybody's there so here. I can greet you, you properly. My name is Paul Coglin. I am the owner of Taconic Distillery, and until recently, I was one of the owners of Colt Firearms. I met Pat McNamara probably six years ago. I entered one of his courses in Virginia. Uh, had a great time, but have kept in touch and done his courses every single year. One of the best things about getting together is just discussing those old times and uh, hanging out, telling lies is what we say, but it's, it's great therapy for all of us. Thanks for coming too, by um, the way. Happy, I appreciate happy. all you guys being here. Excuse my freaking rinky-dink setup with a pelican box and oh, plastic yeah. Adirondack chairs, but I think it will suffice. <laughs> Boom! It'll work. Let it rip, work. tater chip. All right, so I brought some Yankee bourbon down. Our, our number one seller, Duchess Private Reserve. My Mass Private Reserve? Is it my Private Reserve? It's, it's, it's <laughs> your, well, we, it, it's, it's spelled with uh, Duchess. Oh, I, need, I, need, I need an apostrophe in here, but I think with, with, a, uh, with a Sharpie, we can yeah. fix it. I appreciate you, Matt. So this is, on you. Yep. Yeah. Let's, let's fix it. So this it. is our 90 proof number one seller. The mash bill, as I know Dutch wants to know. I do. 70% corn, 25% rye, 5% yep. malted barley. So I'll pour a little bit, you guys can try it. Can we consider this a high rye? That will be considered a high rye bourbon. Right on. Rick? What's the Rick. industry standard? Cheers. What, what, how is that? So I, I would say- Is it 20, is it 15, 20? What is I would say that anything above 15% in the industry would be deemed a high rye sure. bourbon. Little say that spice. again. So then, anything what? Anything yeah. above 15%. Right. So, so, okay. so um, yep. bourbon always uses a mixing grain. Right. Um, the primary oh. grain is rye. So corn, Mexican rye, guys. malted barley. Right. The other grain that's used would be wheat. Some of the famous weeded bourbon would be the Pappy Van Winkle, yeah. um, Maker's Mark, Maker's one Mark. of your favorites, and the Wellers. And then some of the smaller ones would be Larceny. But in, in terms of larger brands, this would, this would mimic probably a Knob Creek and a Woodford in terms of mash bill. And to me, you can go too far with the wheat. You really can. You can, I think, to me, again, okay, right. of course, all Because you it tastes it. weedy. It does taste yeah. weedy. Really? Yeah. It's like, uh, you know, they do it with beer. This is freaking sweet. Paul, this is absolute redemption for go. you for you wearing flip-flops here. Yeah, I know. Well, <laughs> I, I figured with four oh, we unit talk guys. Oh, we were going to talk about the flip-flops, were we? Yep. I figured with four unit guys, I was safe in this neighborhood that I wouldn't have to run fast. <laughs> Definitely like not. I told you before, if you <laughs> do something order? dynamic, right, the flip-flops yeah. come off, yep. you get glass okay. in your feet, splash. like John McClain and Nakatomi Plaza. Perfect. Which, by the way, is the best 
uh, Christmas, movie, uh, Christmas <laughs> movie of all time. Absolutely. Yeah, I have a small amount of... And it is, it is a Christmas movie. You can see we've got some different glasses here. We've yeah. got the rocks glass, which is normally how I yep. drink my bourbon. I, I enjoy ice and, you know, from what I've learned, bourbon, no. it's, it's up to you how you want to drink yeah. your bourbon. There is no set way of neat, which is no ice just straight out of there. You can add a little water, you can add some ice. So here we do have some different tasting glasses. Yep. I'm gonna elaborate a little bit. So on I, I would say I'm I'm a fan of the um, the rocks glass, which is what Pat and Rick have. This is a Glencairn whiskey glass. Um, the reason why people like to, to drink out of this is you can spin it around and you're gonna get a really really good nose coming right up out of here. Mm -hmm. Okay, so, so you'd be tasting this, you would be making cocktails, drinking neat, one ice cube in that. Rare right. you put anything besides right. a drop of water and maybe a small ice cube in a Glencairn glass, mm -hmm. but a traditional whiskey glass. So, okay, you got some nice cinnamon in here, you got some spices in here, you got vanilla in here. Oh, yeah. What else you got in here? I'm gonna use the cheat sheet. We, yeah, we got some, uh, yeah, I brought the cheat sheet for you guys. <laughs> We've got some uh, chocolate chip cookies. I'm not sure I get chocolate in there. Some fresh cut grass. Fresh cut grass? You smell any freedom in there? Yes. Yeah. When I went to get glasses, uh, I didn't have my glasses on, so I didn't know that I was buying ladies' glasses. Yeah. It ends up working. I pick right, up a little right. bit of that chocolate chip cookie. Uh, I don't know how many of you guys have visited distilleries, but what shocks people is all distillate comes off the still clear. Mm -hmm. Bourbon, rye, right, rum, right. scotch, yeah. comes off, looks like water. It's your white dog. So if, I, if you taste it off the still at 155 proof, all you guys are going gonna to taste is corn, rye, and barley. It's right. Very nice. Right. All right. Very so nice. the wood is obviously going to give you about 60% of your flavor and the wood is the wood is going to give you 100% of your color. Right. So when you have all that movement with temperature deltas moving in and out of the wood, that's when you get all the interactions sure. with the cookies, the vanilla, and the how fresh long, cut grass. And what kind of wood is that one? Now I know bourbon so bourbon has bourbon's a law. There's there's yeah. laws here. It has to be a brand new white oak. I'll, I'll, I'll give you I'll give you the, the elevator the pitch on bourbon. It is the most specked out um, alcohol in the world. All right. So first, 1964 Act of Congress, uniquely an American spirit. Correct. Can be made in any of the 50 states, any. Puerto Rico and D.C. Hmm. Okay. So it has the same geographical protection as Scotch, Irish whiskey, champagne, cognac. So we can make a scotch, but we have to call it American single malt. Huh. The Europeans can make bourbon, but it has to be called American whiskey. That designation, uh, it, it, we, we own it. Has to be a minimum of 51% corn. Yep. Right. Most of the bourbon you're drinking commercially is 70 to 80% corn. We went through what the mixing grains are. Has to be distilled at below 160 proof. Has to go into new charred oak, any kind of oak barrels, hmm. at 125 proof or below. <clears throat> The second that it touches that barrel, it becomes bourbon. Once the bourbon has been in the barrel for two years, it gets the designation straight bourbon whiskey. Yep. So I always tell people, nothing wrong with bourbon whiskey, but don't ever pay a lot of money for something that hasn't had the investment of at least two years. Anything less than four years old, you have to put an age statement somewhere on the bottle. Since I mentioned earlier, all of our stuff is at least four years, this is four and a half years old, is, is over four years old, you will see no age statement on our label. When we'll put an age statement back on, and when you see guys, I think Knob Creek started to take it off, but you've got your, your Eagle Rare, all that, your pappies. Anytime that age statement goes back on the bottle, it's to get a premium price sure. for your product. Knob Creek's nine. 
it, 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 I, I think they took the age statement off, which means they're going to sell more bourbon. They're going to start digging into their inventories. Yeah. And when we talk about the it being American, it's an American drink, and that whole process of how regulated bourbon is. That that's what turned me on to bourbon. That's what got me interested in it. And it's not an alcoholic by any means, but saying this, you know, all the the drinking I've done over the years, mixed drinks. I mean, I used to like to drink like Jack and Cokes and, you know, Coke and, and uh, coconut rum. Just, I mean, it tastes good. Right. right. But you wake up the next morning and I felt like shit. And a lot of it is, yeah, but a lot of it, okay, is, is the excess, but it's the sugars. It's everything that's put into it. And that's what made me start looking at bourbon because it is all natural ingredients. It's put into a charred oak barrel. There's, you know, there's certain, I mean, there are parameters it has to meet. And then it is, it comes out of the barrel and it goes into the bottle. The only thing that you can do to it is age it a second time in some other, in some other barrel or add water to bring the proof down to where you want. Other than that, you can't touch it. If you add sugar, if you add coloring, if you add anything else to it, now it's a whiskey. It's fantastic. Right. So all bourbon is whiskey, but not all all whiskey whiskey is bourbon. I enjoy bourbon. I think like a lot of Americans do. It is a pure American drink, American beverage. The history dates way back in time and the philosophy behind it is just really unique and cool. I mean, that's what got me into it was how pure it is. You know, a lot of people like to have mixed drinks and there's lots of sugar and different stuff in it. Bourbon is pure. Everything comes from the earth right here in America and it is an amazing drink. I was in Tora Bora in the beginning of the 01 when we were up there chasing Bin Laden. And we initially thought, you know, hey, we're gonna go up there, we're moving through. Dude, we ended up getting up to 8,000 feet. Mm-hmm. I think you were there, weren't you? You weren't there yet? Okay. We had brought up with us a poncho liner mm-hmm. and a bivy sack cover to sleep oh, in. That's plenty enough. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's plenty. And this is, <laughs> this is December, <laughs> you know, in the mountains at 8,000 feet, it's snowing on us, yep. we're freezing, and talk about just basic tactics and basic dude, dude stuff, stuff, right? Yeah. We're trying to survive up there. Mm-hmm. It's snowing, we're freezing our butt off, and we're looking around, mm-hmm. And what we're doing at night is you see all these campfires and we're basically like, this is me, fire mission over. Right, right, right. Because <laughs> all the bad guys are just having a fire. Fun, and then yeah. we finally go, wait a minute, let's just blend in. Let's start a fire. <laughs> you know, finally it's like, okay, get warm because everybody else is doing it. Right, yep. No big deal. So we finally start a fire. But I can remember sitting there watching this fire and we're dropping munitions so close to us on these different ridge lines. And I watched this fire like burning, trying to be warm. And all of a sudden we just, and you'd watch the flame go (laughs) from the overpressure. But we finally got resupply. We had some of our guys on the bottom. Greg Birch was one of them, humped up three times all the way up to 8,000 feet with our rucks and different stuff so that we now had Gore-Tex. We now had the stuff that back then they would would die for, yeah, yeah. you know, that they're doing, but you, you look at the times and, you know, you, you feel that with history, you learn certain lessons, but then again, some of them you still have to learn the hard way. <laughs> Those are the ones well, that stick with you. Yeah. It's amazing what the human body can oh, do. Oh, dude. Yeah, it's pretty resilient if it's got freaking moxie. <laughs> yeah, no, that's it. Yeah, it's got most freaking moxie. Most of, it is, most of it is up here. The first page in the survival manual. You have to have the will to survive. Right. Mm-hmm. So the human body can go through a lot, right? If you have the moxie to do so. Yep. Mm-hmm. If you don't have the will, you're done. 
Yep. You got to figure that shit out first. Mm -hmm. You know, um, just another segue. I was thinking about these when you talk about the, the stuff that unit guys can do. Yeah. So I've been doing these Montana trips since 99. Big Bob. Yeah, the Bob, right? So the first one I do with, uh, with B Squadron, I'm trying to explain to these guys how grandiose this shit is. Dude, we're going 95 miles. We're going over two mountain passes. It's the second most remote wilderness area in the lower 48 next to Frank Church. I've done that one too, um, which was brutal. But uh, it also boasts the, the highest concentration of grizz in the lower 48. Uh, so you're not at the top of the food chain. Uh, but so the guys are like, yeah, whatever. We train for it, you know, and you got a nav. This is a freaking wilderness area, bro. It ain't a national park, you know. You're not following a trail and signs, <laughs> you know. So you're navving one over 24,000 MGRS topographical maps and, you know, time, speed, and distance over shoot points. We just made it over Pagoda Mountain and the, the Continental Divide, and we're coming down. We haven't seen a soul in six days, right? No other people. And in comes in on the drift that we're walking on, a dude on horseback with six pack mules. So he's a forest ranger coming in for the season. He's loaded up. And he leans on his horse and he says, hey guys, how's it going? And it, you know, his, this is his first log. He, he's coming in for the season. So he says, you guys fish up here fishing? Yeah, yeah, sure, yeah, yeah. So he logs down our names and checks our passes. He said, where are you guys coming from? I said, Nimrod. He, he goes, I know where Nimrod is. How did you get here? I said, well, uh, South Fork of the, uh, Middle Fork of the Flathead River to Pentagon Creek over Pentagon Mountain to, uh, to uh, Pagoda Mountain. Uh, over that, down to White River, up to the uh, Spotted Bear Pass over the divide to Sun River to here. And he's, he went, he's looking at all these dudes. He goes, I've been working up here 14 years. I've never heard of anybody doing that. So that's when the dudes were like, mm -hmm. hell yeah, bro. Because mm -hmm. I, I had to tell them, you know, they didn't understand hell how grandiose yeah. this shit was. Right. Uh, but when they heard that, they were like, all right, good. that's pretty cool. We're freaking. That's awesome. We're, yeah, that's we're doing something man. that you nobody, that no that humans. Yeah, I'm doing it next week. Wow. Well, I don't do them that far anymore because I bring up stragglers. I bring up people that I don't know who they are <laughs> right. and what their condition is. Uh, so I go. We need out to run back. a selection. Yes. Prior to the yeah. next uh -huh. one, <laughs> where they yeah, have yeah. to pat, dude. Right. I am telling you, yeah, yeah, that yeah. Would Oh, they be would freaking. Oh yeah, man. They would. That yep, would people, be legit. Like you gotta make bit, it through yep. this yep. selection yep. to even get on this well, trip. Well, here's a freaking. Let me tell show. you this story. Yeah. I, 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 uh, six years ago, I did one. So me as a civilian, yeah. bringing outsiders, and one of the guy I brought, one of the guys I brought with me was a local guy in town. I'm not gonna, oh man, I got to be careful in case he watches this thing, you know. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, so I put the word out in September. We go in June. So he says, yeah, I've been training. You know, mm -hmm. I've been training a lot. Uh, I brought six map sheets with me. Um, we we covered two. Yeah. Wow. We covered two map yeah. sheets. Yeah. Yeah. You got to be ready for that. Yeah, like, man. A lot of people so. just take for granted, like, ah, oh, yeah, I can walk. I walk in the park. I go for a walk around the neighborhood. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Dude. You get in terrain like that, yeah. it's a whole other animal. You terrain, you got elevation. Elevational crushing, yeah. man. Yeah. I mean, I can remember just different stuff we did in selection, where right. when you are ready for that and you're moving through that terrain, that elevation kills you. Oh, yeah. You are, you are smoked. You are out of breath. But the better shape you're in, as soon as you rest for yeah, 30 yeah, seconds, right. you're ready to go ready again. Ready to go. Yep. When you're out of reserved. shape. Reserved, it's reserved. Exactly, when you're out of shape, it takes you five, 10 minutes mm -hmm. to be ready to go again. Yep. We had gotten some intel that there were some uh, Italians in a pole that had been captive for, I think it was about six months. 
and uh, a source came in, gave the intel, and it was not real credible, just, I mean, some guy walking in uh, on the street. So you go through the process and, you know, you have him vet it, and believe it or not, I mean, he shows right back up with pictures. You know, you send him with a camera, he shows right back up with pictures of them, and within like 20 minutes, we were fully kitted and flying. Uh, we're on helos, middle of the day, I mean, daylight assault on this compound. And we go in there and it you know, happens really fast. I mean, it's hostage rescue, you gotta get right in there. So we land right on the X, um, you know, four 60s come right in, get in there. I mean, the whole thing was done in like 15 seconds. But I go in there and the first couple rooms you come to, there's guys in there. I see the hostages are in one room. We continue clearing through, actually find the couple guys that were holding them captive. And then as I walk back out, and I walk into the room where the um, where the hostages were. It just kind of hit me, you know, from that Charlie Sheen movie where I almost became a SEAL. That scene where he says, "We're SEAL team. We're here to get you out." We're Navy SEALs. We're here to get you out. And uh, I actually I said that when I walked in the room, and of course all my guys started cracking up and laughing. But the funny part of it was, after it was all said and done, we're back, you know, at our house and just kind of hanging out. The word got back to us that those detainees, those, the hostages, when they got back to their embassy, they actually asked like, hey, who, who were those Navy SEALs that rescued us? And they got the, we were like, what, wait? They're like, yeah, they said they were Navy SEALs. The guy came in the room and said they were Navy SEALs. <laughs> so I kind of crack up uh, when I hear that one. And it's, there's a video out there. It got leaked. Um, somebody that had gotten hold of it put it online, so it is on YouTube. But yeah, it's the uh, the Italian job is what we called it. It was a video I made just sort of for the boys after we did it because I was running a helmet cam. Uh, but yeah, it's out there, and that little snippet's in there, and you know people laugh about it. Nobody really knows the story behind it, but I actually said that when uh, when I came in the room. Oh my God. The behind the scenes, you're yes. sitting there going, holy crap, man. I am like working nobody's business. You roll up the, the hill yeah. saying to somebody, this is this is not the speed at which you will complete this course. It's the first time anybody ever told me that, of course, when I was a student, and I'm going, huh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm absolutely <laughs> fucked. I'm not gonna make it then. Right. Holy fucking yeah. shit. Twofer. Yeah, yeah, there we mm, go. Twofer. Yep, I was yeah. a twofer. Yeah. I got to go twice. Mm. Oh yeah, Rick. Yep. Oh yeah, same thing. Twofer. All of us. Yeah. Oh, you did you? Yeah. Nice. Spring. Yep. Followed by a fall. Yeah. Yep. So spring how far? How spring. far did you make the first time? Uh, so here's the thing. I made it. Here's the to, thing. Here's the thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here comes the stories. Here comes the stories. Here's the thing. So made it to the forty. Critical error. You know, not hydrating myself. Yep. And yeah, dude. You know, so you got sicky. There's some, no, I mean, this I, I is, this is a good lesson learns here. I, I got so learns, right? I got so jacked up yeah. that uh, after I crossed the bridge, going, "Hey, where are you going? You know, where are you at? Where are you going? I'm going here. No, no, no. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> so you go back, reply, oh, yeah, you're going here. Uh-uh. You know, it, dude, I was just so dehydrated at that point that mental cog skills were not there. Uh, yeah. Poor, poor decisions made. Uh, yeah, and the rest yeah. is just and come here. Yeah. Well, no, no, the, the, no they, they didn't stop. Oh, good. Go ahead. 
Yeah. It was me just hitting. We're like, great, we're going to have to fire up the heat a little bit. Hit it, hit it, That was it. Uh, hit, yep. You hit your overdue time, right? Oh, so, yeah. Oh, fuck, I got to pull out this radio. Man. Yep. One yeah, niner, exactly. five, seven, five. Yeah. This is Dude, five, so seven, was, one niner. <laughs> it, uh, <laughs> I fucking lost. Over. I, that was it. I was done, dude. This is blue 21. I had no cog skills at that point. You know, I was yep. literally, I knew how to pull the radio out. I knew how to kind of talk on it, but nothing made sense. So, yeah. Me, I broke my ankle on day one. High walk. Uh, wow. And I walked on it for the entire instructional phase. Yeah. Dang. Yep. And um, no, no surprise there, though. No. <laughs> Sorry, but the thing is, you know, I knew that they're going to, I was like, they're going to know, they're going to think I'm retarded, you know, because they knew it was because I had to go ask a medic for an ace wrap and like some meds. Yeah. Um, so I cashed in my chips, man. I was a VW. Okay. Um, and they invited me back because they knew I was jacked up. Yeah. I had to, I had to cut my boots open to get them on and then uh, duct tape up my boot every oh, wow. day. Man. Yeah, I overtrained. Yep. Mm-hmm. yep. I, I was coming from 175. Yep. So I'm like, man, hey, you know oh, the deal. Yeah. Give me hey. some of that. Yeah. First range of time. Uh-huh. So yeah. we have nothing but flat terrain to train on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I ended up um, doing a lot of stairs, you know, stadium stuff, running yep. distance, but, you know, young and dumb, running with a rucksack. Mm-hmm. Just Ooh, yeah. my knees were done. I was at my peak when I got there. Yeah. So yeah. I got there and then throughout yep. everything not unusual. else. Yeah, not, unusual. yeah mm-hmm. not unusual. I just, by day four, I was trying to eat 800 Motrin like they were candy. I yep. could not run anymore on any uphill terrain. Yeah. I had to like walk and my knees were on fire. I, I knew it was coming. Um, I just kept going, kept going. And when I went to the board, they were like, hey, we appreciate you didn't quit. You know, we knew you had been injured and mm-hmm. you kept going. I'd like you to come back. And I, I had plantar fasciitis in both feet. Both my Oof. knees were trashed. <laughs> I went right back. That was a fall class. I went right back in spring. I, I was like, I, I want it. I want it. I want yeah. it. I want it. And I went right back in spring. And Dutch. No problem. Yeah, so uh, just ran myself into problems, right? Yeah. So I was, I was very confident. I think I did overtrain as well. You know, you get to the point where I'm here. I know I'm good. I'll put this away and keep moving, keep moving, keep moving. Then I go, oh shit, oh, shit. Oh, shit. <laughs> I gotta climb that one. I already, you know, yeah. you're, so you're climbing extra. Right. So I climbed up and I, you know, just got to a point where it was uh, somewhere in uh, that park. I'm, I'll be very vague. Oh yes, yeah, yeah. I know what I'll you're talking very, about. I'll be vague park, about it. Yeah. I think yep. it was three or four day, mm-hmm. whatever it was. Mm-hmm. And I got yep. there and uh, I ended up going back and the dude that I, previously just spoke about it. he's like uh you know and you're very autonomous about the whole thing you're very much a machine if, if you're an instructor and guess what you know thanks for thanks for trying he yeah. didn't he didn't say that in exit interview somebody else did but yeah uh you know same thing as you though i got the exit interview was you're you are welcome to come back and try again man that's a good feeling you know when feeling. oh man i did not fuck around that Scott. second time like you said i overtrained too yeah um, I went tired, <laughs> mm-hmm. and um, that's yep. not the reason I broke my. You don't ankle. even know that though. Isn't nope. that funny? You don't yep. know that. Right. Yep. You really don't. Yep. Scott Miller told me that I was welcome to come back, and that was uh, yeah, nice. And then later on, of course, when you know who these people are, that mm-hmm. this is a, it's a great moment. Uh, Scott later on told me when I was in the in the dining hall. Of course, you're pariah for for the most part. Nobody talks to you. Right. Yeah. yeah. Nobody talks to you. Right. No, nobody has any reason to talk to you. Right. Yep. And I'm like, uh, I guess obviously this is unusual. He goes, you will find out that this is the reason why you joined the army. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is the reason why you came here. Right. Yep. 
you'll know this. And then, of course, years later, I knew exactly what he was talking about. Yep. So. Yeah. Yep. One, what, what was the second time, I don't want to use the term easy, but was it still oh. Sufferfest? Yeah, but the thing is, there was a lot of mystery. The mystique was gone, okay, well, you know, so the mystery was gone, so it was easier as far as stress level. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, because I spent a week and a half there during, like, one of the phases, so I knew the lay of the land, so... Uh, the first time you're stressing out, you're going, what the, what the hell? What about the board? How, do I trust the board? Do I trust, these guys are over here, they're all grouped up and they're around a map. And these guys are in a little, you know, the second time you're like. They just took the other toy with you. Yeah, I yeah. know what the fuck's going on. Yeah, yeah. so because of the, the, because the mystery was gone the second time, and I didn't, you know, nobody, I didn't, you don't disclose to anybody that you've been there before. You're, right. you don't, you don't chew the fat with a lot of yeah, people. You don't talk to anybody in, 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 yep. in the selection process, because they they might not be there the next day. You don't want to make BFFs with some dude, <laughs> and then he's not there the next day because of, out of a freaking hundred dudes, you're left with fifteen. Yeah. Yep. So, uh, yeah. But you got some guys there that are totally lost in the sauce. Yes. So, you know, I remember one guy showing up. He's got freaking jump boots on. Yeah, man. You know, uh, yeah. he was like a third ID guy. Yeah. And I'm like, bud, do you really know what you're getting yourself into? What I, are I, jump boots? It, it's a dress army boot. Yeah. yeah. It's not something Fold, you would wear. Yes. Full no, leather, it, not it, very comfortable. A non-functional like boot. Like loafers. Yeah. No, no, no. Not it's, like, no, no, they're, no, like, no, no. they're full boots. It's like wearing loafers yes. in a marathon. Right. Sure. sure. Yeah. 100%. Yes. Yeah. A, a totally unfunctional piece of equipment. It's a great boot. It, <laughs> sure. When you're dressed up, yeah. when you're dressed up, yeah. when you're dressed up going boot, very man. short. It's you a know? great boot when you want to uh, no. act like you were in World War II. You know? I had a kid from the 82nd Airborne Division band. No, I, my bunkmate was from a band. He yeah. it was a band guy Went too. Went through with me. Who yes. Was, who was? He played he the flute. Did he have oh, a Who was no, yeah. uh, no, he was squared away. Okay. Dude, he made it pretty close to the. I was rooting for the dude. Yeah. He was hilarious. Like he would come back. You know, during the barracks thing. So yeah. he would come back and he would beat like some of the other guys from Ranger Battalion or SF. Dude, he would let them know it. Oh, yeah. He's like, oh man, look, the band members back before you guys are. What would you get lost? Oh my God, dude. He was, he was, nice. no, but he was hilarious. Yeah. I really wish he would have made it. Mm -hmm. He was squared away. He was a good dude. I don't know what motivated him to try. Everybody has their own reasons, but I mean, he made it. That's Close. freaking weird that you had a because yeah. my bunkmate because the first really? the first week there you're you're in a barracks you know mm -hmm. you're not out in the woods you know bivouacking and um, so you're going out every single day doing this instruction and my bunkmate was in the army band he brought a really? freaking guitar with him a and he would wow. sing these freaking lamest <laughs> tunes you know at night and um, and we're all going damn man his last name was Ruger I remember that he made yeah. it further than I did. Because wow. I broke my ankle, I freaking yeah, pulled wow. the plug a week and a half. Yeah, that's a little bit. <laughs> he made it for the night. Yeah. Well, so, so this is a great example of when, when we talk about the best, not the right rather than the best. Right. Because these some not of these the cats, the right. band yep. guy mm -hmm. might right. make it. Mm -hmm. There was a mechanic who made it. Mm -hmm. uh, when I failed, a mechanic made it. And he had, the only army school he had was PLDC. Yep, right. Wow. They don't even call it that anymore, yeah, whatever no. they call it yeah. now. But he couldn't possibly pass anything else yeah it yeah. He just wasn't in his culture it wasn't in his upbringing it wasn't you know yeah. Grossman talks about this right yeah. Grossman talks about there's a certain percentage of people that can go out and, and shoot somebody in the face and then they can go to sleep at night well Eric was his first name he couldn't he 
couldn't do this. He just no. couldn't do it. Uh, they tried hard to push him through it, but he couldn't do it. He just couldn't. I want my cigar to be up and down to yes. to savor the ash. I want right. I want a lot of ash, bro. And it's yeah. good. I and like some good ash. Yeah, but that's that's the mentality there. It's it's uh, you know that's that brotherhood and, and what we do. You know, you 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 do everything you can. You put yourself in harm's way to save your brother, and they're gonna do the same thing for you. Oh, his freaking team gave him the worst freaking code name. You know, and with his accent, he says, "Yeah, my name's Ivica, code name Pizza." <laughs> <laughs> I know Pat, Dutch, and Jamie, all from Special Operations, we all used to work together. Uh, and really the beauty is, I think once we've all kind of retired, we've come back together, we all help each other out. Uh, we've done collabs together with uh, Dutch and Pat. I know Dutch and Jamie have worked together. That's cool, that's what you see at car shows. You yeah. know, you yeah. go there, the hood's up, they got the book there, like everything out there. original. Get the easel out right. there. Yeah. So what kind of bourbon do I like the most? That's, uh, that's a tough question. It's like, uh, what's your favorite book or your favorite movie? I like all kinds of bourbons. Pat Mack, Rick Hogg, Dutch, bunch of great guys. We've known each other for years. We've worked together, we've deployed together, we've been through thick and thin together. Yeah, Very sexy nice, beast. She is sexy. When we race it. That one's faster, <laughs> this one's cooler. <laughs> so I am relatively new to the world of bourbon, probably seven, 10 years into it right now. So I don't have a lot of experience, but I have pretty good taste. <coughs> Hold on. So this is our this is our barrel our barrel strength bourbon. This is 115 proof. This is what we want. This is what we want here. So all, all that means is that when we take it out of the barrel to proof it down, we add less water. That's all proof is. Don't be shy. If you want, if you want me, more freedom, finger, just, just let me know. That's good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm not shy at all. I just don't want to see that car on one of those Instagram things later. <laughs> The guy's leaving the no, driveway and wrecks My wife already said she'd come pick me up. <laughs> Holy crap, man. The difference is night and day. Yeah, so you, I mean, obviously it's hotter, as we were talking yep, about earlier. a little bit, but, uh, but nutty? you're going to get a lot more flavor. Right. Mm -hmm. because what am I, what am I, what's the nuttiness I'm tasting? I'm, I, I got some kind of nuttiness. Yeah, I mean, listen, every, everyone's palate's going to be different. Yep. Yeah. Depending on, you know, what huh. you have for dinner, what you have for breakfast, right. hydration levels. Mm -hmm. The other thing is when people come in to the distillery, uh, and you get this being a connoisseur, people say, how should I drink bourbon? And I tell them, any way you want. <laughs> you want, want to drink it with yep. Coke? Have at it. You want to, Whatever you with want. With a straw, a gun carrying glass, a straw. A straw? 
yeah. umbrella <laughs> idea. But the only thing that does get me is when I, I'm sitting at the bar and I do order oh, and they have water. they have a nice collection and then you got the guy that comes up and orders you know, a very high-end bourbon, and then wants to mix it with something. Cool. Yeah, yeah, but you know what? It still gets I, me. I, I mean, I can see. I like. I like <laughs> ice in mine. Some people are all neat. Sure. But when you. But to me, the history behind bourbon, how much effort goes into, and all those different oh, yeah, unique flavors, everything you get out of the oak barrel, that's what like. Just like you said, gives it all the color, gives it all the flavors. You're not enjoying any Don't of that. Don't ruin no. it. When you throw but, Coke in there, you throw mm. lemonade, or you so know, you're a bourbon snob. I but guess it, but so. It's not, if you want, if you want to say it, sure. My, I'll take no, that I, I, I tend to agree with you, but you know? my attitude is, if that's the way you like to drink it, oh, you no, no, enjoy 100%, it. I'm but I say anybody. appreciate it. I, I hear you. Now, hear you. there are times, sure, I'll you know, just like this, I'll mm. drink it neat. I want to taste it, especially a new bottle, and then all right, throw some cubes in there. Mm. You know, let it sit and just sit and enjoy it. Yeah. Um, I mean, nothing wrong with a good old fashioned. I do enjoy so, a good old fashioned, but I'm not going to make it with. Pappy Van Winkle, <laughs> you know? I mean. I tell you, I, I used to be a neat or a one ice cube drinker. I love drinking old fashions. Mm. They're nice, they're fun. It's just, they're a little foo foo, bro. Yeah, but I mean, no, come on. but hold on. Listen, if someone gives you <laughs> a, a Shirley Temple cherry in your old fashioned, yep. you send it back. You get, you do, you use Luxardo cherries. Are you a Luxardo cherry fan? Yeah, sure, sure. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. But I tell you, first of all, Manhattans, if you're a gin drinker, Negronis, sure. Old Fashions, it's still all alcohol. So it's, yep. it's not like you're drinking rum and coke. But I just, it, it's, if for someone that's getting in, it's afraid of brown liquor, yeah. uh, an Old Fashioned or a Manhattan is a great way to, to get them in. Great way to get them. And I love them. Sazerac? Yeah. Hey, uh, how unusual is that, though? You get people uh, because absinthe is one of the key ingredients in a really good sazerac, and so many pubs don't carry absinthe. Yep. Uh, Pernod is a good substitute, but yeah, it's it's not the way to go. You gotta have absinthe. So he's way more of a bourbon geek than I thought. Yes. Yes. I, that's why I don't I, have that's any absinthe in my in my in my. That's why we should get something. <laughs> we should make a good sazerac. What started out as a weekend hobby has become now a burgeoning full-time job for me. We are currently in 23 states and Canada. Uh, we bought a old beef farm in upstate New York, in Stamfordville, New York in 2010. Uh, ran a small bourbon distillery out of a barn. Uh, in 2015, we upgraded everything substantially. Uh, I, I was very, very fortunate to hire a young distiller out of Buffalo Trace. Uh, and ever since then, we've had the wind at our back. How long have you been doing this? How, talk to why Taconic, and how long have you? Oh been yeah, doing? yeah. Taconic. So we've been doing it. So we started selling bourbon in New York in December of 2013. So we've had a good run. I would say, uh, in terms of a business, we certainly weren't early, but we certainly weren't late, and have definitely caught the wave. I mean, it's, it, it really took off to the point where. I am working full time. We've got you know twenty something employees. We're in twenty three states and Canada, and it went from a hobby to a legit commercial enterprise. That's great. Um, we're right off the Taconic State Parkway. That is a huge north south divider in New York. Um, we've got the Taconic Mountains. Taconic is also an old Indian name, spelled completely different. But I wanted to keep the kind of Hudson Valley Taconic geography, so that's what we went with that name. Cool. Yeah. Super cool. And it's, and it's worked out well. I would say the most important thing that we've done in this business, which, you know, the harder you work, the luckier you get, um, but was having a dog on the label. Right, the dog. I mean, I had, I was not a marketing guy in college. This dog will sell more bourbon than I ever will. That's funny. Hmm. 
And this is a, it could be a lot of dogs, but when people, if, you're, if you were a dog uh, nerd, uh, the tail would give it away. It's an American Foxhound. Oh, right on. Mm. So, I was gonna say it's like a walker a, or something. But, yeah. It could be, I mean, a, you know, Weyrand or German Short here, but it's the tail that gives away. All the yeah. other dogs have clipped tails. Uh, and the, the history of the Foxhound goes back to prohibition, because if you ever hear hounds, they, they don't bark, they howl. Right. So that, that, that sound seems to carry a lot further than a bark, and they were used by bootleggers uh, as, as a... Early warning. Know, yeah, 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 way back when. So I just had you add a splash of water just to flavorous. the cast strength, and I noticed... It opens it up, man. Oh, it does. Oh, yeah. It, it really Without does. Without a doubt. When you put bourbon in a glass, and then you add water to it, it actually changes it. It's a Oops. physical, yeah. it's it's a physical mm -hmm. thing that does change, and it's mm -hmm. a science. Yep. So if you believe in science... You have to believe it's science. Sounds pretty science-y to me. Correct me if I'm wrong. On average, you're losing 30% of, all right, all right, so, so to get, out of so, your barrels. So, 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 all right, so to talk, we'll talk about angel share. So when you put, when you fill those barrels, and we fill, mm -hmm. we, we use 53-gallon barrels. You yep. fill those suckers, 53-gallon barrels. And we, we fill them at 125 proof, the, 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 the max you can do. If I were to check that barrel three weeks later, the proof has plummeted. Maybe 122 proof. What happens is all the moisture in the wood goes into the barrel. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So your proof goes down. Every single day going forward, right. the proof goes up because you're losing molecules of water. In the first year, we will lose about, say, 10%. And then every year after that, it's, it's you know, call it 4 to 8% on a yeah. bell curve. Good call. So that's referred to as the angel share. That's, I knew that, yep. Oh, okay. right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so the angel yeah. share. So the other thing is, five years later, we dump a barrel. So a new, uh, uh, an empty barrel is 115 pounds. You fill the sucker up, it's probably 520 pounds. So I'm not really worried about anyone stealing these things because it's not easy. Right. It's safety, you gotta be careful. So we'll dump a barrel, four and a half years later, the barrel will weigh about 135 pounds. Huh. And I should have brought a stave because you see, you right, know, right, with, right. If, you will see the char, but then you see a little, you know, brown line in there. Mm -hmm. And that is alcohol that stays in the wood. And that's referred to as the devil's cut. Mm -hmm. So if we, if we take a barrel, it only works in the winter. If I take a barrel, bring it inside, get it to 70 degrees, whatever, dump it out, empty it out, and then throw that barrel outside when it's 30 degrees for a couple days. Mm -hmm. Two or three days later, I'll be able to get another cord out because of the wood contracting. Yep. Okay, so Beam Centauri did this cool little shtick of the Devil's Cut, and it started selling large, you know, copious amounts of bottles from Jim Beam, Devil's Cut. But yeah. it's, it's a shtick more than anything. There's no I, way. I would say it's more a marketing gimmick. Of I mean, it because it's a great to, idea. to get a lot of it, large scale is a lot of work. Yeah, that's yeah, not it's happening. A lot of work. No. It's a lot of work. So there's some blending. There's some. There's some in there. In, it, yeah, in, there. in addition to that, though. In addition but I, but to that, I'm willing to bet if you could just do pure Devil's Cut, it'd be fantastic. Yep. Oh, yeah. Uh, I am a born and bred New Yorker. We bought the, the place up there primarily to use for hunting and shooting before the distillery was even an idea. Uh, and one of my goals, there are several distilleries in New York, but one of my goals is in the next decade to make New York bourbon relevant. You know what I, I, I really dig about Dutch is when we do, we collaborate, right? So we've all collaborated. I've collaborated with all these guys in courses. But uh, at the end of a training day, we do a tailgate. You know, when when Dutch is there, we do a tailgate, man. Yeah. 
We sit on the tailgate, he always brings a couple bottles, talks about them, goes through the nuances, and you know, don't drink the freaking Kool-Aid, and it's like out of an aluminum cup or something like that, you know? And whatever you have available. Whatever you have available, but it is badass, man. I freaking dig that, you know? Right there on the range, everything's done, we've cleaned everything up. Mm-hmm. Let's chew the fat, talk some shit, reminisce about freaking dudes. I appreciate that. That, that, that. that dude, that is freaking rich, man. Nah, I you, really freaking like that, and I am one of these, I'm a sappy fucking dude like you are, you know? I I get verklempt, and I am mushy. <laughs> so Yeah, but here's the thing, Mac. I'm, yeah. I'm going to caveat on that. There's nothing wrong with it. Yeah. Right? Be- yeah. Because the key part is, it's mm. we've all got things we're dealing with, and it's yeah. passing it on to the next generation, because right. we grew up in the age, you don't cry. You don't show emotions. You don't do anything. Right. Fuck that. I cry like well, a baby. Well, <laughs> but here, here's my point. There's still a, a lot of people out there that's in that same boat. Mm-hmm. And to sit there and go, uh-uh, show yourself. You know, here's the thing. And I think you hit a key point. It, it's remembering the guys that aren't here anymore. Yep. And, and that's why I always caveat, dude, why do we take selfies all the time? Just because. Because I've got, I don't have pictures of people that aren't here. Yeah. yeah. I we haven't. Were talking earlier. Yeah, we were talking earlier about it, yeah. right? There are some key people in my life I don't have pictures with. We've been uh, we've been to yeah. courses before. Where I'll, t- I'll ask the dudes in the course. I'll say, "Hey, who's the youngest? Yeah. Do you hang Do you hang out with them? No, why? we don't hang out. I go, "Why don't you hang out with them? Yeah, yeah. Why Why don't you get to know each one of you guys? Dude, yeah. now some of them yeah. come from conglomerates, right? So sure, I get it. There, yeah. there are different units that touch each other or right. don't. The but, last course that we just did, Dutch and I together down in mm-hmm. Georgia, was over Memorial Day weekend. Oh, oh shit. And we did, mm. we did a deal by the flagpole, mm-hmm. and Dutch represented because there was four of us unit yeah. members that were instructors there, and a whole conglomerate of of JTACs, PJs. We had a bunch of the Air Force Special Operations guys that we Retired were there Rangers. teaching. Yeah, mm-hmm. Rangers, unit, a whole conglomerate of guys. I mean, I don't know how many guys were on that flagpole, and Dutch has the list, mm-hmm. and we labeled off everybody that we've lost. Yep. You know, and it was, I, dude, it was I awesome. I do that every but, Memorial Day. Yeah, yeah. but, it but was I think. absolutely awesome. Man. But I think with Dutch's list, you've got some four legged friends in there as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and, and that's the other part that people don't get. Yeah. So when we're looking at the circles we run in, yeah, you know, trust me, we, we remember, and I think, Mac, you hit it this year. Yeah. And it's been kind of a pivotal point for me. We remember our two legged, you know, mates. Mates. Yep. But we're not our four legged. And especially yep. for those of us that have run one of those little bastards, right? Yep. Uh, that, and I think we've all had our asses saved by those little guys. Shit. They are yeah. a combat multiplier like nobody oh, yeah. can, nobody understands. Now there's 26 yeah. names on that wall, or more, I think it's 26 right now, but there's 26 names on that wall, and if they weren't there, there'd be more two-leggers on the wall. Mm-hmm. Yep. If Valco died in 2005, without a doubt, he saved three or four dudes. And I, I would submit to you that every time one of those, one of the 26 four-leggers died, at least one or two dudes were saved it, it, because at, of that. at a minimum. Yeah. Yep. yeah. And that's the part is you don't know. Each one's a little different a what deal. happened. Oh, hell yeah, it's a big deal. Big deal. And, and that's the part that you keep that lineage going. You know, so yes, we remember our mates that we've lost. Yeah, he, has, he has allowed us to harness the power of the four-legged mm-hmm. partner and enabled him to help us save lives without mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm going to get for Klimt here in a second. Oh, no, 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 no. I'll just, I, no, no, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah but yeah, but that's you. my, mom, no, no, no. I'm going to stop you from getting for Klimt. No, 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 no. But no, but this might, 
exacerbate the situation too. But yes, my Memorial Day ritual is I sit by a fire, I grab a bourbon, and I write down every freaking dude, you know, from memory that I have, and the list, you know, it's, it's pretty long, it's daunting, but I do not mourn their deaths, but I celebrate Cele their lives. Celebrate their mm -hmm. lives. And I'll tell a story about each freaking dude, mm -hmm. you know? And, uh, and usually laugh my ass off with a tear in my eye, but you know. Yeah, on still. Memorial Day around that flag in Blakely, I said the exact same thing. We don't, we don't mourn these uh, men's death. We thank God that they live, yep. you know? Mm -hmm. yep. uh, this is, again, this is the small percentage of people who are willing to sacrifice and give the last full measure to their country yep. and, and their partners. Yep. Yep. That's and what we all signed up for. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know? yeah, 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 yeah. That's what it yeah. comes down to. And I, I mean, I had to sit down because after Joe's death and everything we went through, mm -hmm. you know, I had three sisters. Joe had a handful of sisters yep. and, you know, different things we went through. and. I mean, I, I remember sitting down with my sisters and just saying like, look, this is what I signed up for. This mm -hmm. is what I wanted to do. You know, yeah. if something happens to me, understand that I went out doing what I wanted to do. Yeah. You know, celebrate that. Like, yeah. Don't mourn it, don't nothing. Like this is what I wanted to do. Sure. So Christmas Eve, towards the end of our rotation, you know, and a lot of times that's, that's kind of when things go awry as we're winding down, ready to go. I mean, this target popped up and it was one of those that's, well, do we go, do we not? You know, we're already kind of partly packing up. I think our, our relief had already come in, so the next squadron was in, getting ready to replace us. And, you know, we're like, ah, oh, let's, you know, we'll go ahead and jump on this one. And it was, you know, quite a few things that happened throughout the night. I mean, number one is we're watching on the ISR, we could see that they were up and about. You know, two in the morning, they were still up, moving around, so we knew that they were awake. And normally we like to come in, you know, this one we had to come in and helo in, but we like to land, you know, we call it on the X. So we land right there and just get on them as quick as we can. And unfortunately that was a plan, but once we got there, we couldn't do that. So we, my team ended up fast roping infill and into, so you don't see this often, but into somebody's like high fenced backyard, which is a rarity over there. So we got stalled there having to kind of land on what we call the Y. And then we landed in somebody's backyard, had to cut our way out. So we had to get bolt cutters, cut the locks, get out, start running up the road, and then cut the gate that goes up to that house. And as we were, as we were going up to the house, uh, it was myself, I was a two IC at the time, and my team leader, we were running up there to, you know, to go into the breach, and we saw the guy silhouetted in the doorway, and you could see like there was a little bit of backlight, and um, we immediately saw, you know, the AK rack on him, and we we're like, well, this guy's ready to fight. There's no sense in, you know, running right in there. So we kind of just kicked down a little notch and slowed down our pace, so we weren't going to just run in there. Well. Joe is fairly new, uh, kind of a young guy, and I, I feel like you know he saw an opportunity to pass up a team leader and a two IC and be number one going in there. He came blowing by us, and I looked at my team leader and we were like, "Oh crap," you know. And we picked up and we were right on him, but you know he went right into the breach. The guy saw us coming, ended up backing into a corner, and just 
slinging AK rounds through the door. It was only four of us that got through the initial breach. I mean, it was just AK rounds coming right out of the front door. Joe went in, my team leader went in, I went in, and one other guy got in, and that was it. Everybody else was stuck outside. Our medic got hit coming up the driveway. Um, another guy that took post in the door took a hit, you know, in, in his uh, laser on his gun, which exploded into his face. He took shrapnel. Um, my team leader, as I came in and we cleared that first room and Joe went into the first room with the guy, uh, I got immediately on him and we started going into that room, you know, that all these rounds are coming out of, but Joe was in there. So we started going in, my team leader got hit and kind of fell back. And, um, you know, I, I went around him to look because my first instinct was, whoa, I've never seen him hesitate. You know, it was like something serious if he just hesitated going into a room, but it was because he got hit. So he got hit, um, fell back. I came around him and um, I saw Joe laying there on the floor. And it was one of those where, you know, you have to make that split second decision of, do I try to just engage with this guy and shoot and get in there and there was nobody else with me, you know, or just go in there and go after Joe. So. I ended up dropping my rifle and somebody was posted up outside the door shooting rounds in there and I just kind of ducked under the rounds coming in and going out and just grabbed Joe and you know and drug him drug him into that back into that next room. Luckily I I you know didn't get hit. I had some rounds come off my kit, but you know luckily I I didn't get hit in that instance, but uh, Joe wasn't as lucky. Joe got stitched up pretty good and you know we worked on him. The medic that got shot in the arm coming up the driveway he got in the house and we had to pull him off of Joe because he was just working on Joe and he's spewing blood himself. You know, but that's that's the mentality there. It's, it's uh, you know, that's that brotherhood and, and what we do. You know, you, you, you do everything you can. You put yourself in harm's way to save your brother and they're gonna do the same thing for you. But it, was, uh, it wasn't a great night, um, but that's what we sign up for and you just deal with the, you deal with the after effects later on after it's all said and done. You know, speaking of uh, good bourbon amazing. stories, remember we were talking about talent, unit guys and talent, yeah. you know, just a few hours ago in the garage. You know, do, do you know James, a professional bass fisherman? Yeah, no, I know. I saw, uh, he he was on University of Badassery, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I imagine that, retiring from the Army and becoming a professional freaking bass fisherman. <laughs> that was my retirement plan. Dude, Because, is, I mean, is, like most badass, guys, man. it's right. not. <laughs> no. Even though what we did in the unit and everything that we do, it's not your everyday. Like for me, it was a nine to five job. Yep. You know, I I gave it my all 110% while I was there, but when I left, it was like, okay, we, we, nothing going on today. All right, well, and I'm going to the lake and I'm going fishing. I enjoyed it. I grew up fishing. And when I, well, it really started when I got stationed in Savannah, Georgia at 175. Yep. I was fishing locally and somebody said, hey, you need to join a bass club. Mm -hmm. And this is like the mid 90s. I'm like, what's a bass club? Never heard of it. You know what I mean? I grew up in New England. So I, I grew up in, in Connecticut and fishing, you know, grew up fly, fly fishing, fishing, just mm -hmm. like Max. So mm -hmm. used to fly fish a lot and uh, took up bass fishing when I got down south, but ended up joining a bass club. And then it was an instant, just this is for me because you're racing boats. It's money, it's competition, you know, limited time. I'm like, this is awesome. Yeah. Like, it's an adrenaline rush. Yeah. Yeah. You have groupies? And I loved it on bass fishing. Yeah, yeah. Nah, no groupies? There's some that follow me, yeah, but it's not, you know, not like the tactical side. But, but uh, that was my retirement plan. Yeah. So as I got closer to retirement, just started growing the sponsors. And I had some great people in the industry that I'm still 
great friends with today. And I, matter of fact, yesterday I missed dinner last night. I apologize, but I was just coming back from Texas from the Bassmaster Classic. Yep. You know, so the it's- The Bassmaster Classic, bro. That's no small fries. Yeah. Uh, that's not small fries. Where was it? In oh, no. no. Uh, that's, that's, it was on Ray Roberts. What's your go-to lure? Oh, man. So fly fishing, it's the either the San Juan worm or the woolly booger. No, hell no. <laughs> what, what's yeah. yours? No. Mine? It depends. It, it's twofold. Am I fishing to angle or am I fishing for food? Angle. Because next angle. week I'm going to Montana. Yeah, yeah okay. The, I'm fishing for food. Yeah. So, so I'm using worms? a bead head. Okay. Yep. Yeah, whatever's yep. going to catch like the a, most. Like a number 18 bead head. Yep. Yeah, because I Bring those reading glasses. Yep. <laughs> my, my, lady, <laughs> my lady's reading glasses. <laughs> My Plano case. Yes, it's this, so fish, my fishing. <laughs> I, I go into my fishing tackle stuff, yep. right? And I grab a water, you know, an airtight, watertight box. Get my cigars in there. Put a little cedar chips. And Badass. I got my. Yep. That's got your it works, human. man. Yep. It works. Yep. Like Where's why spend hundreds of dollars on a humidor when, when a sponsor hooks you up yep. with watertight, airtight, watertight, airtight yeah, taxes. Digging and it, bro. Boom, that's it, man. But Jamie, tell me yeah. the logo of that thing, man. It's like, What's hey, a, where's my logo, logo on Yeah, it? where's my logo? I need a, I need a one minute out logo on this thing. I have a sticker that can accomplish that. Yep, there you yeah. go. But yeah, man, that's, this is my humidor now, right, right there. And it's cool, because I can see through it. I see I when I'm this. like, oh, I need to go buy some more cigars. Mm -hmm. <laughs> You're like, right now. I drank yeah, this like it was bourbon. It I need some more. <laughs> Every time I go it's to like Montana, I, I go every year, right? I like it. So I, in the military, we packed a ruck our entire lives. You never get it right. You know, it's never perfect. Uh, but one of the things I always screw up is how much bourbon am I going to take with me? And because they make plastic flasks, you know, and I'm always short. So I have a plastic flask, you take it off and it's got a shot glass right there. So yeah. you can just sip out of it. <laughs> but I try to go with Lewis and Clark rules, you know, two gills a day. Because <laughs> they had, you know, so on the core of uh, Discovery, they had whiskey rations every day. That was one of the things they were adamant about bringing with them was uh, whiskey. And I, I imagine it was sense. just absolutely freaking swill. Had to be, you know, but. Wow. but uh, what did they well, do in Shackleton? Uh, or no? Oh, hell yeah, bro. Yeah, 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 yep. Uh, but, you know, as far as that last tour, the endurance tour, man, they ran out of everything real yeah. fast. Yeah, yep. they ran, and there were supposedly, <clears throat> there was still scotch left on the endurance when she, when she was crushed. Yes, mm -hmm. and his first time there, he cached a bunch. Yep, mm -hmm. and it was rediscovered, I think, in the 90s. Well, I know you talked about this crap on your blog and all that, but I'm telling you, that's one of the... To me, just as a, I love the survival thing. I yep. love survival aspects of all things, but I love the extremes, and that's just one of the greatest stories. Uh, Which, greatest stories of failure. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. bro. Failure, Dude. and yet success, because they, they lost no, no one. one. Right. Yeah. Uh, how long do they live on the ice flows of the Arctic? Right. Right. And, yeah. and, yeah. and then yeah. traveling. And, and in total darkness, yeah. and always cold, always wet. Always hungry. Oh yeah, for 14, Always. 15 months. months. Mm -hmm. No Gore-Tex. No. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Right. Exactly right. yeah. So wait, no Patagonia. Go back to that. So go back to that. So what about that? Once they winter, made the almost impossible yeah. journey from Elephant Island to the mainland of uh, Georgia, of South Georgia, Georgia Island. Right. So six hundred miles and a, on a life raft a, with a makeshift a, a, a boat. sail and then in the bullshit right to the other side. Navigating with a sextant over freaking heavy seas through the clouds. Keep going. You get so lucky because it's so passionate. Come on. And then when they get there. Yeah, when they get there, they get to the wrong side. They get to the wrong side when they, they get, get to there, the windy side. They have, to climb, they have to climb up. Yes, and all they have is hemp rope. 
hemp rope. They had like 20 feet of freaking hemp rope, so one axe. Paul brought it up, right? Clothes that were completely freaking yep. in, in, yep. in, in uh, shambles. Going. And now they had to climb over this freaking island. They had and to hump over. Down the mountain. It was, so it, was, it wasn't that far in perspective. But, but here's, they're starving. Right. But They've had no sleep and they can't go to sleep because if you go to sleep, you're going to die. You're going to die. So wait, wait, so go back to Paul's point. So yeah. let's go back retro. Right. Paul said, wait, no Here. Gore-Tex? No, no nylon ropes? Nope. So in the 80s, a group of men did the same thing and they failed. Right. Uh, 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 it was the 50s, wow. a group of men who 50s. were experienced mountain climbers. You sure it was 50s? Yes. Yep. They 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 went ahead and remapped and rewalked that. And, and failed. Yes, and they failed. And then when Shackleton you, and his couple dudes did it with freaking nothing. Go back to your sleep thing. So they go up there. Yep. And they're all going to die. Oh, right. They all went to sleep. Yep. Shackleton, Shackleton says, yes, take a nap. Take, take a 40-minute nap or take whatever Take a 40-minute nap. He wakes him up after five minutes. Two minutes, five minutes, whatever it was. <laughs> he said, all right, guys, you've been sleeping for, for half an hour. 40 minutes. Yeah, yeah you're good to go. <laughs> and they all believed him. Yeah. Yep. I love the stories because when he gets down there, the guy he already knows, He's already met, he already knows him, doesn't even recognize him as right. Ernest Shackleton. Yep. He says, I know Ernest Shackleton and that's not you. That's, yeah. yeah. This is this is this is the uh, Can you the, imagine the, no years worth of beard and yes. black faces yes. because they're burning uh, uh, seal blubber. So this is the story of Guy Seger. <laughs> this is the same example of Guy Seger, the forgotten soldier. Right. He fights on the Eastern Front in Germany, Germany versus Russia, World War II. And he's hammered, right? He's hammered. He comes back. He, when he's finished with the war, he, he, he survives all of it. And his mother does not recognize him. When he shows up on his mother's doorstep right. in Alsace, in Alsace, his mother does not recognize him. Yeah. And the vets, wow. you know, and you're just, God bless, bro. Are yeah. you, you've been through so much hell yeah. that your mother doesn't recognize you. <laughs> this guy you just that. met a year ago yeah. doesn't recognize right. I wanted to do something bigger than myself, so I joined when I was 18, and that was in 1983. Uh, at the time, I was very fortunate. The Army was offering the 18 X-ray, or Special Forces Baby Program, so that's what I signed up for. I got hurt prior to that in jump school. I was a toe jumper. It pulled my bicep down into my forearm. I broke ribs, concussion, dislocated shoulder. Uh, which made it a little more challenging going through the SF course because it was physically challenging. Uh, for instance, if in order for you, you know, one to uh, receive a hot A during first phase, you had to climb the rope and do 10 pulps with your kid on. And with one bicep, that was a little challenging. So I went hungry for a while. After the Special Forces course, I went up to uh, first group in Fort Lewis, Washington. And um, I was assigned to an A team there. Uh, I've spent about three years there, was able to complete an, another Special Forces MOS, 18 Echo Communicator, and uh, go through both Halo and Scuba School. Uh, I was recruited from there for another unit that it, it was kind of riddled with ambiguity. I knew nothing about it. Uh, it was a Cold War job working out of Berlin. And uh, it was, in a nutshell, we were setting up networks for double agents out of Berlin. It was interesting in that we had, you know, good cover for action, cover for status. We were active in the uh, community. From there, I found myself into another unit working out of Soviet East Germany, and that was uh, spying on the Soviet Army. Real good job, and I was extremely fortunate to have been a part of that whole Cold War era. Once the, the Cold War dried up and, and the wall came down, uh, I tried out for the unit selection and finished off my career 
uh, 13 years in at the unit at Fort Bragg. I, I started there in about uh, 1991 and retired in 2005. Directly after I retired, I uh, landed a job with a corporation. Part of that corporation's job was to build the uh, Asymmetric Warfare Group, AWG. So I, I was... Uh, in charge of the training uh, for the AWG, I built a course called CAT-C, Combat Application Training Course, and we would train uh, the Army in hopes to change as best we can the culture, the existing culture that the Army had. But I thought it would be like pretty it. cool, you know, if we collabed and yeah. made these oh, yeah. specifically yeah, yeah, yeah. for cigars because I want my cigar to be up and down to yes. to savor the ash. Mm -hmm. I want right. I want a lot of ash, bro. And yes, it, you yeah. do. I and like it some even good even ash. Tell, tell me why. Tell me why. Even if you tell me why. It keeps the heat, bro. Yeah. It keeps heat. You know what? You know what I thought? So check this out. So uh 2011, I'm training the Border Patrol down in El Paso. I come back from McGregor Base Camp at, to my Holiday Inn or whatever, and there's a pool out there. And I've got a cigar and a bourbon. And back then I was a rookie on both, 2011. And uh, there's three guys in the pool, three dudes. And they all have cigars and they're all smoking them like this. And the ashes are like this freaking long. And I asked them, they said, bro, we're Cuban. I said, so what? So well, we know we know about we know cigars. <laughs> yeah. So and and then they they said, don't ash your cigar. The ash Keep number one, it, yeah. Number one, it's a it's a testament to the cigar, right? How e yeah, how okay. even is that burn? Number right. two, it keeps the heat in. But these guys were all walking around the pool. Wow. <laughs> I am. A, Ash saver roar. I like to savor the ash. So downtown here in Aberdeen, <laughs> they had there was that uh, cigar bar in downtown. What's it called? Uh, Standby. Uh, smoking. You and I have been smoking. there before. Smoking. And yep. they, they had a contest. Oh, ash contest. They've run the long So ash here's ash. what you got to do, right? How is the human on that cigar? I don't know. What is the cigar? Because yeah, yeah, yeah. you need to pick the right cigar for that. Yep. And the right humid. Right? So that shit's got to be at 70. Because you want oh, that yeah. slow burn, you know? Because if it's quick burn, you start to canoe. Oh yeah, <laughs> you never want more of those. Who do you want? Oh, these what? things. Man, you got to market those. To me, dude. Are so you, you know what? No, no, no. You know what? Uh, so some chick at the pub, yeah, who knows me, said, "Oh, she went to some festival, and saw this, these widgets, these yeah. figurines, you know, <laughs> and because um, they were like peace signs and yeah, thumbs yeah. up." Right. And she goes, "Oh, Mac would like this." So I just used to set it by my beer at the, like the pub, but then yeah. I realized, oh wait. I could lean my cigar against it, right. and then yeah. I went, wait a second, oh, boom, you can put two of them. next level. No, no, no. Yeah. That dude, you, need, straight you need to make, yes. have some of those made yeah. yourself. Yep. Well, I talked to this dude them. right here, right? Yeah. So I emailed him. Yeah. Apparently, he doesn't know who I am, bro, you know, because he just <laughs> totally know. freaking well, blew me off. Well, well. <laughs> he, must be, he must be a liberal. I could, yeah, I could make him yeah. a lot of money, bro. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> he did, the he did, who the fuck I am. I teach, I tell guys, I'm like, look, check here, you go at the door. Yep. I'm like, if you, there is no dumb question. Yeah. If you don't ask uh, I've been asking a question. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> if, but if you are don't we, ask, Are we, are we taping our know. targets again? Yeah. Well, not that.
that 2005, six time frame, you know, we were in Iraq and that was kind of the, the big start of all these VBIEDs and, um, you know, pressure plate IEDs. They were putting IEDs in walls and, you know, we, we really took some hits because of that. You know, before that we, we were, I want to say untouchable, but everything that we did tactics wise, you know, we were able to get in and get out of where we needed to. But once, you know, once they figured out kind of how we were doing things, they, you know, the enemy changes. It's a big chess game. And we took a, you know, we took a lot of hits. We, we took some casualties. Uh, we had a lot of guys that were injured during that time frame. Uh, you know, you saw a lot of guys limping down the hallways. Um, you know, it, it wasn't a great time in the unit, but I mean, that's, that's combat. That, that's what we sign up for. And, you know, everybody handles it differently. Uh, you, you know, you, you just kind of take your licks and, and keep on going, but definitely that brotherhood you know, having those good guys around you is, is what helps you get through all that stuff and, you know, keep you going, keep you motivated, keep that team atmosphere and, and mentality and, you know, just charge on to the next deployment because that time frame, we were gone constantly. I mean, we were home for six months in between deployments, gone again and home for six months, but you weren't even home. You weren't sleeping in your own bed. We were off training and constantly, you know, working that chess game to get better than the enemy, to keep at it. And um, you know, it was it was a it was a rough time frame. There's a lot of guys, you know, myself included, that still you know deal with things from that era and other times. You know that that we moved through where you know, it wasn't great times, but everybody kept their head down and we kept in the fight and adapted the way we needed to to what was going on and just continued moving on and getting ahead of the enemy in that chess game. The next bottle we're going to. Yeah, this one. This one will be interesting barrel. to talk about. Yeah. So then yeah. let's on that topic compare the first one color-wise to the double barrel because double barrel that's your you aged that one twice, correct? Oh, well, so I'll, I'll tell you about this one. This is an interesting one, and yeah. this is something when we do the single barrel picks. This is our biggest single barrel. So this is, we, we do it, it now. It's become a normal scoop. We used to release it once a year. Our double barrel maple bourbon. Yep. So what we do is we take basically I've heard, of, I've heard about this one. This product. This product. We dump we dump it out in Bro. a in a 55 gallon drum. Mm -hmm. We fill that barrel with 53 gallons of organic New York State maple syrup. Okay? Let it sit for 4 months. We then basically pasteurize and bottle I should have brought you guys some. The you, you have I some. got some. The bourbon barrel aged maple syrup, yep. which mm -hmm. is the balls. All right? We then dump it out, and it's, it doesn't have a lot. It probably has so. half a percent of alcohol. It's safe for kids, blah blah blah. Yeah. Uh, and then kids we put that. We, so you basically got those, you know, dripping barrels. We fill it with 53 gallons of bourbon. Wow. Throw that sucker in a shipping container over the summer, so you get some good movement. So you have, you've got the wood movement, you've got the maple syrup movement, and. You, you, it's, even though the maple name, I think, is, a, is kind of a misnomer, it's not too sweet. No, 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 it's not. You'll, I mean, you'll, is, you'll, you'll get, yeah. you, can, you get a hint. The, you get a hint of maple. Yeah. Yeah. But th this is my favorite. Yeah. Of course well, I appreciate can. you telling me how you do it because 
You know, hey, when, hang on you, a second, when you get... Jamie, what you got hiding over there? Yeah, man. What, Can we what? put fire to tobacco while we're chewing? Yeah. Oh. You're talking about Prometheus? <laughs> yes. Prometheus is hiding back here. Hold on. Yeah, getting out the second fight. If we're trade secrets out about the maple bourbon, we might, so, you know. Right. Really yeah, while cool. we're doing that, we've got Prometheus, the god of fire, who, well, stole fire from... Wait, did he steal Zeus? it? He I did he steal it, right? It. He yeah. stole it, but yeah. who did he give it to? I think he, I don't know. He paid it back, he gave it to the people. Repatriated. Right, yeah, yeah. That was the Repatriate, thing, yes. he loved the people back. so right. much, right? Yeah. He said, let me give fire to the, to the regular Joe, because they don't have it. My, Isn't that what we do, sort of? Yes. All right. My, my Just throw it out there. <laughs> that's yeah. what we do, exactly. Yeah, and that's then, no, yeah, but, yeah, but it didn't serve Prometheus very well. Because <laughs> Zeus, Zeus decided, well, he was going to strap him to a rock and have an eagle peck his eyeballs out. <laughs> and that's, that's, what's, a bad that's, what's on, that's what's on the box, too. Yeah. Is it? Oh, yeah, a look at that. story on there? Yeah, yeah he's... Yeah, that's not he's, good. Yeah, he's sitting here strapped to the, strapped to the rock, that and works. here comes the eagle. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. But yeah, we've got a few boxes of cigars. Right. Some God of Fire. We got some. I mean, I didn't mean to some, interrupt things like that. Oh, no, well, I'm, this is I'm all going to blend together, right? Cigars. Yeah, is so we have like, a few different bro. ones here. You guys yeah, uh, um, do your own label cool. cigars, too? We do. Anniversary. What do you got there? Robusto? Oh, yeah, look at those are, ooh, those are dark. I'm jumping Sweet. in there. Still anniversary his, series, anybody? His eyes pecked out. Sure, yeah. why not? Yeah, I know. <laughs> the label's on there. And look, tell you what. Yeah. Slide up now. You guys take your pick. Yep, we've got fire, we got cutters, and everybody's got at least a knife on them. Why not? So nope. who yep. was it? Uh, fire, ba -da -da -da, you know, the 60s? Fire. Fire, right? Mm -hmm. uh, uh, what's the name of the artist? Damn it. Oh, bro, stop, fire. man. Yeah. Um, mm -mm. I know this. Uh, Ed Edwin, Edwin. Uh, yeah. You got it? Yes, oh, thank you, sir. So I'm excited about screaming. this because- Somebody's screaming. I am the god of hellfire, and I bring Somebody, so I'm excited about this because if Rick contacted me, oh yeah, well Rick contacted me initially about this whole event and the, and the gathering of, of minds here. <laughs> and this were one of the first things he talked <laughs> about gathering of was, was the double barrel maple Yep. and just raved about it. Mm -hmm. Absolutely raved it, about it, it. So This is just Rick's opinion, right? Yeah. <laughs> if, I, if I can have one bourbon, that's yeah. it. Now here's the it's key good. part. I'm a little smarter because now I was on how the hell did you get the maple flavor in there? Because you'll see, it's not overwhelming, it's and I'm not going to steal yeah, Paul's oh, thunder. I, I mean, I, I get near the glass, yeah. oh, yeah, so and it, I can pick up the aroma. So, Dutch, if you would yeah. do yeah. like a... No, uh, and the other bro. thing is, a lot of guys yeah, want to right there, especially with, with this glass. Glass. Oh, yeah. Rock's glass, not so much. So, no. I think yeah. this Don one Creek wow. has a, wow. a maple bourbon. Too sweet. Would you think of my... You could take a regular knob maple, and some regular knob, and knock it down. So, I want I want to bring this to the floor, because I had an issue. Picking up with your... So, I'm going to be drinking your kool too. And then, of course, in my mind, what am I already thinking? You took the worst bourbon you had left around in, in the Rick House and then threw a bunch of maple syrup on it and made it taste better. You're a cynical <laughs> son of a bitch. Yeah, yeah. yeah. very cynical. Yeah. I, who do I trust? No one. Yeah. So You can trust Rick's palate. Dude. Yep. All right, so we got some cutters, mm -hmm. Prometheus cutters here. Right, depending on how you like your, your cut, yep. right? You've got that, and then on these lighters, which is pretty cool, is you have a punch. You have two different settings on a punch on here also. That's badass. I and like punch, I like V-cut. Yeah, if you just got your knife. And I just used a, uh, bust out your, my, my, because it's very heavy yep. metal. Well, I've already got my cut on there. <laughs> there you go. Um, 
It's very rock and yeah, roll. Yeah, don't, don't burn yeah. yourself. Yep. And then I got a zip. Have at it. People say, you can't light cool. a cigar with a zip. No, bro, it's, it's a freaking torch. It's American it's made. It's a torch. American made, too. It's incognito. It's camouflaged. It's an actual torch. Of course, I'm, looking, I'm a monkey looking at a, a wristwatch here trying to figure out how high it goes. Did you punch? I punched. Oh, I man. Need. That's good smoke right there. It's like smoking air. So you guys have the anniversary? What are you guys smoking? Got a fire? Got a, I'm doing the Robusto Got a Fire. What do we got? Three different This This, this, this uh, wrapper is much more the robust. anniversary looks good. You got a flavor? That's what these guys are. Check this out too. Anniversary's right there. If you, you want to see some cool freaking, you want to see some cool cigar shit. Anniversary. Mm. Oh, look at that. Woo! <laughs> 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 Rock and roll. Some cool cigar shit. Mm. Oh, look at that. Hell yeah. So now, do you ever smoke? Any? Uh, of I'm not. I'm not, a, I'm, not big, I'm not. I'm yeah. not a big cigar smoker. Yeah. No, I mean smoking your bourbon. Smoking. You know all the the new kind of the little yeah, glasses so the, so you the, put so in the wood one chips thing, and apple. The one thing that I, that I should have brought down, I should in addition to the whole devil's cut, mm. what we do, and Dutch, you, you should try this because you'll you're you're kind of into the geeky science stuff. Well, and as you continue, this is a very minor maple flavor. Yeah, just on the nose. Right, and it's nice. Dude, we it's also really do nice. we yep. also do that. Yep, you're not getting it in the back of your palate. You know, that would be the way to yeah. go. Yeah. And what is this here? Forty-five. So ninety. Yeah, ninety. Ninety. So we'll take a stave, all right? And you still have, because of that alcohol and the caramelized sugars, we'll get a blowtorch. I mean, you could use a creme brulee torch, but a blowtorch is always better. You crank that thing More down power. for, <laughs> you know, five, for, for you know, four, four or five, yeah, 11 seconds. Goes up to 11. And then immediately put a rock glass on it. Mm. And all those caramelized sugars, it's basically gonna go out. All that smoke is gonna adhere to the glass. Huh. And then you make your old-fashioned, your Manhattan. Yeah, 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 yeah. Is, it's I've the, seen it's, that trend the, in a couple of pubs. It's good. <laughs> but we'll do it on the stave. Now, like some guys right. will throw chips and smoke yeah, it. Yeah, they do. They thing. do. They have yeah. a kit. We'll do it on the stave. Nice. Wow. And it, it's it's pretty mm. cool. So now the, tra the, tr the trade secret's out, right? Because I kept going, how? I, pat I patented that. No, no, I didn't patent that. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, how are you getting the maple in there? So now you know it's just kind of recycling. Yeah. So I, I would guess if you were to do the math, we probably if with 53 gallons of bourbon or whatever it is, there's probably a gallon of maple syrup. So it's you know one and a half two percent. It's not a crazy amount. Yep. So it is just that that hint. Some people don't even pick it up at all. On the 115, you'd pick it up a little bit more because it's cut less. You yeah. pick it up way more uh, on the, yeah, uh, with your notes, nose than you yeah. do with yeah. Yep. 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 And then if you taste it with your sinuses, you know what I mean? Like if you if you if you put it in your mouth, you swallow it, and exhale through your nose, taste it with your sinuses. Yeah, the I other like, I like beer, doing beer like that. Yeah, right. Taste it with my sinuses. The other stuff that's interesting is in terms of your 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 nose. If if I were to blindfold you mm. and put nose clips on you mm. and gave you bourbon scotch, rye, whatever, you can't tell the difference. Right. Yeah. It's that much of it yeah. is in your nose. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. I love tasting all all of these different. It could be vino, it could be IPA, it could be bourbon, but I like tasting it with my sinuses. Yeah, so don't don't do barrel sampling when you have a cold. Cold, yeah, no, it's moot point. Man. And the other exactly the other thing, happen. this happened a couple years ago. Someone called up and said, "Oh, you know, I bought a bottle of your bourbon. This bottle, this, this one tastes funny." So I was like, "Oh shit!" So I asked him, you know, when did you buy it? Blah blah blah. And I went back, called a couple stores, no issues. The guy called me a week later said he'd been taking a lot of Advil. Mm -hmm. And I guess that will cook your mm -hmm. your senses as well. And mm -hmm. said, 
I apologize for calling. Oh, right on. So we called, dude, yeah. man, right on. Good for him. Yeah, at least I mean, he said that. Yeah. 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 Good for him for, uh, yeah. All right. I don't get that. All right. <laughs> so you're only doing the maple once a year? No, no. So we kind of did it. We do it as a release, but now it's so big, mm -hmm. it's a it's a 12 month skew. We okay. have it all the time. Yeah. Hmm. Never run out. Right. Are you good. doing any single barrels or anything? Have you? We do. We do a tremendous amount of single barrels. Hmm. And, and during COVID, it got yeah. even crazier. Right. So our business, luckily, is, is is much more liquor store than restaurants and bars. Mm -hmm. So that business, restaurant bar, done. I mean, it's coming back now. Right. North Northeast, it was even worse. Yeah. But our liquor store business was, I mean, through the roof. I mean, these guys basically had Christmas 12 months in a row. Oh yeah. Everybody's York, sitting at home having to yeah, deal with crazy. their kids. Yeah. <laughs> so so the I. Lives. Running the liquor store every day. Leave the liquor store open, you know, don't touch yeah. it. Well, the great thing is you could you could go to a liquor store, okay, but you couldn't go to church or an AA meeting. Yeah. Right. So it shows oh, you right. some, So what I told people was go I said, Go down and get yourself some, I, some dope. I said, but you can't go to an outdoor church service. I said last year was, was, was great for Taconic <laughs> Distillery, but I don't know if it was good for, for humans. You remember Rick Merritt? Remember his name? Oh, yeah. Oh, I Ranger, did. Ranger, yeah. Ranger Metal Strong Man. Oh, right. running around the Super airfield freak. barefoot. Barefoot. Yeah. Right? So, yeah. I'll tell a story about Rick, but a quick segue. He, he was, I, my, my first wife and I were driving across this Vanderbilt River Ridge, pouring rain. We come across this South Carolina. There's a dude ahead of us. I mean, we, can only, we can only see 100 meters. You know, the, the wipers are on full speed. Bah, 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 bah. And my man is on the right hand side running. He's in Ranger panties. Yep. Probably barefoot. And a shirt. No shoes. Yep. Right. Barefoot. And I'm like, oh my lord, that's Rick Merritt. I said, <laughs> why down the window? Why you hear me when I say why down the window? Why down the window? Why down the window? It was a Chevy uh what the fuck was it? It was not a I can't remember Caprice. what it was. <laughs> and I'm like, why down the window? Rick, are you good? Hell I'm good. I'm turning around right now. Turn like, around. All right, bro. So coming about from from Hunter Army Airfield, ten miles away, across the Savannah yeah. River Bridge. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's at least six, I think. Five that's or like six. That's like some mace shit there. At least. He's gonna go oh, ten. Yeah. And the Savannah River Bridge is no joke. It is you drive no over joke. it. They do yeah. an and event. You run there. it. Yeah, they oh, do yeah. an event. Oh my gosh, you're I like, did that event a couple I times. Steep, oh, yeah. But here's here's Rick. Barefoot, yeah. already at the five mile point. I'm good, bro. I'm going back in the fucking pouring rain. Mm -hmm. yep. So, but anyway, Rick, he he was, uh, <laughs> you know. Long story short, I, I'm, I've already. Dude, the unit was filled with guys like that. Like, uh, you know, you're always trying to be best at being mediocre, you know, mm -hmm. with the unit. You know what I mean? Right. And you think you're a badass and you go, fuck, man. Nowhere near, the, dude. Yeah. Wait, what? What's your own course time? What's your <laughs> 700 point oh, yes. score? It's yep. like, dude, how much. Er how much sleep do I need at night, really? Because how early can I come in every day? Mm -hmm. So one of my early, so uh, I was always a PT in the morning and at PT time type yeah, of yeah. But I would come in and do PT and there'd be guys finishing. Two days, two days. Finish, finishing, yeah. you know? There'd be guys coming in, it's still dark, from the old course with P-mask on. Damn it! So I would come in earlier. And this one morning, you guys will like this story. Uh, I come in and it's five. I'm like, all right, no, you know, nobody's finishing PT yet. Uh, I go up into the loft because I'm going to do bag work, and I turn on the lights, and Greg Birch is sleeping, 
with his freaking pee mask on in his K-vest. And I wake him up because the lights are on and he turns over and starts doing push-ups. I'm like, fuck, still beat me. I haven't even started freaking whacking the bag yet. I'm like, are you kidding me? So I started doing push-ups, sit-ups, and then d- does the freaking O course with his freaking pee mask on and K-vest. Yep, yeah. He was uh, he was A's <laughs> squatter in CSM when I got there. Yeah. And dude, we did everything in a P mask. Yeah. I loved that thing. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely loved that thing, man. Before this whole like, you know, now uh, a few years ago, I haven't seen it too much now, but you've got Altitude guys running. Yeah, 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 whatever. These masses and people making I'm like homo. You have no idea. <laughs> you have no idea who you Greg Burch is. Geek. Oh my goodness. Right? I'm like, we were doing hits in P-Mask and running around all kinds of stuff in a P-Mask. Yes. Just to make it suck even worse. Yeah. Yeah. Birch loved that thing, man. Oh my dude, God, I'm surprised dude. we weren't climbing up Tora Bora with the P-Mask on. Just just because. Yeah. You can do it. And then, and then I would come you in on Saturday it. and Sunday to PT and shoot because it wasn't enough because I was still behind dudes. And I'd come in on Saturday morning at, you know, like seven. And here comes Mace out of the pool. And I'm like, what you doing, bro? He goes, I just swam a t- 10K in the pool. 10K on a Saturday morning in the pool. Yep. I know. You think you're Damn hitting it. the no. head. No. I'm like, what? I'm finally. And somebody's beating you too, man. It to your, doesn't to your, matter. To your point, house. right? So yeah. to your point. So people like to talk about selection, talk about the right people, the, the best people, whatever right. else. So you're... I like to equate it to, to college football, high school, college, pro football. Mm-hmm. So you're high school footballer, you're pretty good, right? You get you get selected to a college, and you're pretty damn good. You get selected to uh, the pro football circuit, and you're you're not that good. Well, you get up there, and 25% of my guys in my graduating OTC class were best ranger winners mm-hmm. and competitors. Right. Yeah. Walt. Oh yeah. Yep. Cyborg. Cyborg. Taran. Cyborg. Moran. Yep. Cyborg. Coon. Yep. Cyborg. Coon after oh, yeah. Coon Silver Star Awardee after being shot numerous times. Right. You know, uh, 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 here I am, uh, Lee Baumgartner. You know, mm-hmm. people that can control themselves on the dirty name, right? They go, yep. and I'm going, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they just, they just jump over the dirty name. That, yeah. that you're hitting your belly going, mm. and they're like, just bing, bing, bing. Yeah. And like, Shut your what mouth. The at, at the top of my game, CT Olympics, 95. We were Nacy? What's that? Did you go with Nacy? No, that was 93. Okay. So Nacy told me to tr- try out. So at the top of my game, I made the team. And on the team, uh, when we started training, um, we had to get some raw data. So let's do the big O. So I go first. And Kevin Andrews, I don't know if you remember him nope. or not, but he was a fucking just a... Oh my God, like the quintessential freaking. Another cyborg. Yes. I finished in 740. He goes, Bro, that's a good time. You know, good. I was the slowest guy out of 10 dudes at 740. <laughs> slowest. Wow. Yeah. Slowest. That's almost a mile, right? It, 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 no, it's it, the O course. No, it's yeah, not. It's, the it's less, Yeah, the big O. It's not a mile, but there's 26 freaking obstacles yeah, yeah, yeah. in this yeah. thing. It's 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 at least a quarter mile through the yeah. freaking woods. But 7:40, I was like, this is my best time ever, you know. Uh, and um, I was the slowest guy on the team out of 10 dudes. That time frame. 05, 06, you know, it was the heyday of Iraq. Everything was really kicking off. You know, prior to that, when we, when we got into Iraq, 03, 04, I mean, 
We'd go down in plain clothes and go to the stores and go shopping and go eat on the economy. I mean, it was, it was, it was pretty lax. But as more and more enemy came in and we started to see this influx of foreign fighters, I mean, a lot of these foreigners just wanted to kill Americans. That's all they wanted to do. I mean, I remember rolling up certain guys and they were just like, no, nope, I'm just here to kill Americans. And that was it. And they, you know, weren't from Iraq. They were from, you know, various countries that we saw coming in. And we saw that uptick in different explosive devices and pressure plates and, you know, we couldn't go out in town anymore. It, it definitely, the dynamic changed. We were very busy. I mean, there were rotations, 90-day rotations where we did over 100 and something hits. So there were times that we'd go out, do three, four hits a night. I mean, you'd go out on one, but as soon as you'd go there, you'd start talking to the guy and start getting some intel, and he'd tell you about, you know, his cousin or brother or somebody else in that cell, and it was like, all right, we got a follow-on. There were nights that we'd leave at dark and we wouldn't get back till after the sun came up. I mean, that happened numerous times, just hit after hit after hit, and it was uh, it was busy time frame. Obviously, the more you go out, the more you risk running into the hornet's nest and we had our fair share of that many different firefights and guys getting stitched up but that's what we do and you got to take your licks keep on going and then figure it out afterwards my original code name was squirrel <laughs> in otc squirrel. because of that rope squirrel. yeah i would run across that's that a, pipe i would teach guys across Dan, that thing. Dan would do the same thing. Oh, yeah. I'm like, yeah, that you. motherfucker's going out there fuck on you. shore oh, yeah, just... Dude, I would hit it halfway down yes. oh, that's before how I would even hit the rope. Yeah, dude. Yes. So yeah. in OTC, they started calling me fucking squirrel. Yeah. Flying squirrel. When I got when I got to my team, Mark Gallagher was my team leader. He's like, yeah, squirrel's not demeaning enough and you're a little dude. Your code name's Chipmunk. Oh! Yeah. So I went from squirrel to chipmunk was my code name and then my wife ended up diming me out at a fucking breakfast we did back in Savannah, and my codename then became Mango. Yeah, that's a whole Mango. other story. Yeah. Oh, geez. Mango. You might open yeah. up that. So, you remember Mango no. from Saturday Night Live, Chris Kattan? Oh, <laughs> This waitress comes to the table, and she's like, You know who oh you look like? She's, Chris Kattan. She's like, You look like that guy from Saturday Night Live. Unbelievable, um, bro. Um, she couldn't think of Chris oh Kattan. She's my like, he, God. he plays Mango. And I'm like, Not You yet. mean I'm Chris Kattan? She's like, Yes, you look like Chris Kattan. I'm like, Okay. Yes. Dude, we're at the like. The code name's got to be demeaning. Yes, it does. We're at a team dinner one night. But it depends. It depends on how that goes. We can talk about code names in a minute. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. But dude, my yeah. wife tells that that's story, and oh then God, fucking Mango. immediately Gallagher is like, Mango, that's it, your new code name, and that stuff. Sorry, I'm late. I was just getting acupuncture on my hoo-ha. That was it. But I, was see, I didn't get the out. meaning, man, it, yeah. in my opinion. I lucked away with mine. You oh, know? did you? Oh, fuck you, yeah, dude. Oh, dude, yeah. So, Mine's horrible. Dude, when you look at mine, so if you go back to the whole Jason Bourne, I forget which one it was. Yeah. Do you remember the asset? Yeah. Right? Well, what was the whole thing with the asset? Uh, he, he, he was the fucking assassin dude, right? Yeah, oh, yeah. bad guy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 So when you burn down a bunch of people, oh, yeah, we're going to swap you to that. It's like, all right, dude, I'll keep that one. Yeah, you know, There, right. could, there yeah. could be some worse ones out there. Yeah, no but shit. No, my I'll, code name was boring. <laughs> Mac. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it fit, dude. Yeah. It just fit. Yeah, like, all right. It just pretty, freaking boring. Yeah. Mac. Mine came and went. Yep. Came and went. It was you can't call yourself 
Right. You can't bring a nickname. I'm like, right. I don't give a shit. Right. I'm yeah. glad to be here. But, but yeah. what's with, so give us the Dutch. But you're still Dutch. You've been Dutch since 175. Yep. Because I remember yep. 175, we went to Germany for like a month and did an exchange mm. with them. Yep. Chain, trained with the German Airborne, like their Fals top dudes. Yeah. Fals yeah. Fals yeah. I, yeah. I, I mean, I remember going over Dutch's house when you had the two Dalmatians. Yep. Oh yeah, because my wife loved them. We ended up getting a Dalmatian. This, this dude. But you were oh, you were always Dutch always. since the freaking mid nineties. That was me. that was that was uh, yeah. John Spizo. Because he's fluent in German. John mm-hmm. John Spizo. Yeah. Das können wir. Die beiden. Wir können das. The name comes out the 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 Kino. No, 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 no. Kino Predator. Oh right, yeah, right. Because Spizo says Spizo says. Oh, you're Dutch now. Like, why? Because you you uh, do the Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> oh, from Predator? <laughs> yeah. Oh, Predator, so, okay, yeah, you're, yeah. You're a two-star in the United States Army Ranger Battalion. There's, there's 40 guys, right? You have 40 guys. Erst aus Österreich. Österreich. Arnold. Österreich. Yeah, yeah. No, 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 Austria. Yeah, Österreich. Austria. Austria, Österreich. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, alles klar. Auf, auf Deutsch, es ist Österreich. Alles klar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'll give you that one. So, <laughs> but yeah. I'm still. You can have, you can have it. Hang on. Anyway, so he was saying, conversation. Nine. I don't know what we're sitting in the, he would say, Dutch, say, get to the chopper. Get to the chopper. Get to the chopper. <laughs> no, I have to say it. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I have to say it. Yep. Tushar tells fucking E4, E5 what to do, you do it. Yep. So it was, get to the chopper! <laughs> you know, it was, if it bleeds, you can kill it. All that bullshit. You know, I mean, what the fuck are you doing here? Yeah. Dylan, Dylan, I thought you were someone who could trust. I thought you were someone who could trust. All this bullshit, it what went on and on, man. It went on and on. Get to the chopper! And that's how it started. But when I got to the, to the, when I got to the unit, they were like, you can't bring it. Like, I don't give a fuck. Yeah. Call me fucking Joe. I don't give a fuck what you call me. Yeah. But guys that came before me, like you said, they already knew yep. me as Dutch. Yep. Guys that came after me knew me as Dutch. And then, uh, you know, I got hit with the, uh, the piece of metal. You drew a great picture, by the way. Yep. You, yeah. In the B-Squadron Book of Oh, World. it's in there still. Oh, I know. Yep. It's I in know. there. Yeah, my man almost died. So I got blasted ah, with yeah. Just a freaking piece of, just the armored car door hit him in the face going like 200 miles an hour. <laughs> well, we don't know. After yeah. freaking. Nobody, nobody gauged no. the uh, miles an hour on the piece no, of yeah, metal. Yeah, no that, airway, that, that's about it. No yeah. nothing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah whatever. <laughs> armored car door hit you in the face. Lost some, some teeth. <laughs> Paul Linskis was there, yeah. you know, I'm like, I'm good. Yeah. He's like, getting hungry. You're not, you're not good. You're not Chicklets. good. Get hungry. Get him to the med shed now. Get him to the chopper. Yeah, get him to the med shed now. Yep, so that's, yeah. it stated. It you wouldn't were, go away. Dude, you were jacked. Oh, I was fucking. Uh, oh, I was fucking. Like, life limb or eyesight. Yeah, it was no shit, that. bullshit. We had yeah. never practiced that. We well, had no idea what the fuck. Dutch is like, yeah, give me that shit. I'll shoot Simon, it. Simon Man. Device. Why not? Simon Device, bro. Simon Device. Simon Device. So Seth Baker. Seth Baker Parsley. goes, he goes, hey, your new name, your new Delta Chi nickname is Simon. Oh. That didn't stick. Though. It didn't stick? No. Didn't stick. He's Dutch. He has been Dutch, Dutch, Dutch forever. Yeah. But we all, I mean, we all do, I mean, just like we started here, right? We started with our bourbon tasting. We have our expert here that distills them. So we bring in, like, what's the basis? How are these made? What is the proof? Okay, how is that one done, that one done with it? We all do By the end, we don't give a fuck. Yeah. Okay, cool, bro. That was <laughs> really. Give me more of that yeah, one.
period in that heyday where we were taking a lot of casualties. You know, we had taken some losses for sure, um, definitely less than other organizations just because of the high caliber training and, and the way that we conducted missions. So we were fortunate, a little bit fortunate for that, but we still took our licks and we had a lot of guys injured. You know, it's, it, it, it takes its toll on morale and by that point with you know, guys already have done between Afghanistan and Iraq and then guys come into the unit that had been with other organizations, you know, Rangers and SF that had already been deploying there, then coming to the unit and back to back to back deployments. I mean, we, we saw, you know, nothing slowed down. Everybody still did their job and everything they needed to do, but you saw, you know, some morale and, you know, it more or less being like, all right, you know, when is this gonna slow down? Like, we, we can't keep this op tempo. You know, we're not a very big organization and to do that many deployments back to back and to constantly be in the fight. I mean, we went after the high value targets. So it's not like we were just chasing some this guy or that guy. We went after the guys that wanted to fight, the guys that had training. So you got in the mix quite a bit. Maybe we should try one more before okay. you do, and I'm really intrigued by this anyway. Because All right, so we'll get, in, we'll get into this one. It's the Mizunara, right? Mizunara, Japanese Mizunara oak. Um, so we, we take our straight bourbon whiskey and finish it in a Japanese Mizunara cask. Mizunara Ooh, cask right. is very difficult to get your paws on, mm -hmm. very expensive. Um, it's a very, very hard oak. Most of the trees have to grow for at least 200 years before Jeez, they're cut down. Wow. And they only come from Japan. Only come from Japan. So total unique difference. I mean, a lot they're, of they're they're probably. Uh, I know Angels Envy's doing one. Uh, I yep. think Heaven's Doors doing one. Well, the Whistle but Pig, I, Whistle Pig did a Samurai project too. With with um, I don't know Mizunara. if it's Missouri. Uh, well, you probably have less than ten guys in the states that are yeah. doing so something with Missouri. Yeah, Angels Envy. It's very difficult to get, and you can't, it's not like you can get thousand barrels. Yep. Right. So it's difficult to get. Yeah, Angels was, and, uh, um, recently, was just last year, I think, they, they released that yeah, yep, yeah. for the first time. And we did this at 107 proof. No rhyme or reason, um, but not crazy high. We wanted to get above above 100 for the connoisseurs to get those to get those flavors. Good. Yeah. And this is our most expensive. Mm. That maple is bourbon. good. Iterance. Why not? Since you have it out. Yes. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Pat, you've never tried this. I'll be curious nope. what you this think. This is uh, first time for me. This one, right? Not here. crazy high proof, but you might yep. like it. Yep. Well, I'm digging the um, I'm digging the aroma right now. I mean, it's. Hang on a second. Cheat myself. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Would you like a smell? <laughs> I got some more. Coffee. I'll allow you to put your nose on my glass if you like. You pick up any difference? Yep. Absolutely. Wow. So this one has got some sweetness to it. Yeah. Um, and then it's it's. As far as uh, smoothness goes, smoother. Smoother. Yeah. Yep. And it is. It is like your. It's uh, your that's, that, right? that's almost like yeah. Same ash, but that's so probably nice the double. Spice. That's probably the double wood. Double wood. Mm. Yep. Man. Huh. I, I don't know, Paul. There might have been a. Uh, you like that one instead? That's pretty I'm torn, man. Good, man. Yeah, I'm because yeah, the maple, yeah. the maple had me, but man, I love it. The maple's my favorite. Yeah, but this is. 
Yeah, this is... Uh, might, might be a new uh, front runner. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> I got to make new stickers for you guys. I'll fight your, <laughs> fight your port rib. I have a lot of students that bring me bottles of bourbon. Yeah, same. Like, Good. wherever Good. I'm at. And same. it's like, okay, do I have a problem? Does everybody know about this? Or <laughs> well, you, you, talk about it. you do you know? talk yeah. about it on campus. I do. Yes. I talk about it quite a bit, yes. you know, on, on my different venues That's and good, social though. media stuff. But it, people you know, know that I just enjoy it. Yeah, so but, I'm not know, at the so level I'm not it. the it's level cool. buffoonery yeah. that you guys are. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm I'm at the lower level buffoonery. So right now we haven't I haven't gotten to the part where I can I can do that all that crap. So yeah, we're, you guys start we're posting bourbon pictures and your address. This last class this past weekend, I had a guy bring me a full cooler full of beer from Charlotte, and somebody brought me a bottle of Ciconic. There you go. Wow, that's yep. awesome. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie, so power of social media. I had a bottle, I think I, I think I told you the story down in Georgia just the other week when we were training together, but I love E.H. Taylor, Colonel Taylor. Yeah. Colonel Taylor. Single barrel. Buffalo Trace, baby. Yeah. yeah, and it's great. They only put it out once a year, like in the fall. It's hard to get, and I had a bottle. I do a different stuff with Knight's Armament, and I've got some Knight's Armament rocks glasses and I just killed my bottle of Colonel Taylor. Mm. I have a photo of it laying down oh, and the knight's arm of a glass dead. right there and I'm like, knight takes Colonel, right? <laughs> oh, so it got a lot of exposure. Well, I had I had a, one of the guys that follows me message me and he's like, hey, I see you like, you know, E.H. Taylor. I'm a big fan, I love it. I have a collection of bottles at the house. He's like, I'll send you a bottle. There you go. Cool. I'm like, Really? Right. Okay. Uh, so, ends up, long story short, he sends me a bottle. I send him a pile of swag because mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, this thing shows <laughs> yeah. up in the mail. I'm in awe. He seems to be more impressed with the swag. And I'm like, oh my gosh, dude. No. He sent me a, a brand new bottle in the case, everything of Colonel Taylor's single barrel. Mm -hmm. Nice. I think I just killed it the other day. I mean, I, little by little, because I absolutely love it. Like bourbon story. Yeah, it is good. It's good but. Yep. Yeah, we had, I mean, we had, in A, we had a helicopter crew chief. We had a Navy hard hat diver. I put him through selection and OTC. Yeah. Mark. Yep. Phenomenal operators. Mm -hmm. Phenomenal. Yeah. I mean, great guys. He was an other. Yeah. That's what they call them, others, yep. you know? Oh, yeah. So, uh, um, Mark, I was his OTC instructor, and we're mm -hmm. teaching, like, basic patrolling. And uh, so anyway, establish an ORP, his hand would go up. <laughs> you know, basic, any, what, anybody in the army. What's an ORP? Yeah, right, yeah. what's an ORP? Oh, shit. But everything, but he had no quorums reasons. I'm sorry. Yeah. I have well, no well, idea what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. And that, dude, that's what I love. I love those guys in my class. And right, I good for him. when, I, yeah. when yeah. I teach, I tell guys, I'm like, look, check here, you go at the door. Yep. Yeah. I'm like, if you, there is no dumb question. Yeah. If you don't ask yeah, I've been asking a dumb question. Questions. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> if, but if you don't <laughs> ask, are we, are we taping our targets know. again? Yeah. Well, not that, but like knowledge stuff. Sure. If you don't yes. ask, you'll never know. You yeah. don't know what you don't know. It's not the shit that you already said you know? before. Right. Yeah. Yeah. If I've already said it, I guarantee this is going to happen. I guarantee this is going to happen. I've done this before. I know I know the questions I'm going to hear. So this is like a preemptive ask you into you for your But see, mine's different because I teach a lot of night vision classes. Right. Mm -hmm. So I get into the weeds of oh, the technical yeah. aspects of yeah, like how tubes are made. Yeah. Yeah. What is night vision? The frequencies, you, frequencies of light, like you all go way in. Uh, but see, here's the thing, yeah. Jamie. Right, you go into the weeds. That it's like, hey, check it out. Click knob, 
comes on, I see, press button, dot on, press trigger, bing, yep. I'm good to go, right? right. Yep. Or at least that's Rick's version. Wait, have you been I, to one of his classes at all? I, I haven't. Okay, check this out. So, I don't, I don't, oh, I'm, check, I'm gonna, check this out. I like check that. This out. Yeah. Check this out. <laughs> I'm going to get on board your uh, fan club for a second. Oh, thank you. Well, uh, we, we, we had the, I had the pleasure of working with Jamie a couple weeks ago at the, uh, working for another company down in uh, Blakely, Georgia. We were working with 21 STS, uh, Air Force Special Operations Command. And he gave a class mm -hmm. on night vision. And first and foremost, one of the things I said to Eric, I'm like, Eric, I need to step up my instructor game. But <laughs> 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 one, but two, he gave a great class. Yeah. You know, it's, a, it's just a great, invaluable class. And he just was very professorial, professorial about the yeah. whole thing. He was a yeah. great professor on. But that's on the everything thing. that we do in the way that we've been brought up. Okay, well, sure, you say that. You say no, that, no. but I'm not giving that class. No, but that's my topic. But you look right. at when you give a pistol class, where do you do? Yeah, yeah. You know, you start at the basics. Yeah, yeah. You bring Cruise everybody control, up to the level. Yes, exactly. Everyone does We had talked about it. that too. It was even funnier yeah. because day one, we had to split this class in two. We had, we had enough students where there's no way we we're going to be able to uh, wrestle all these cats at the same time. Mm -hmm. So Jamie and Rob took another one. Me and Eckhart took another one. And so, but the very same day, we had that conversation at the 100-meter range. I said, I want to hang out with you because I want to I absorb mm -hmm. what you have to give. And he's yep. like, same thing. I want to absorb what you have to give. So mm -hmm. it was, it's, it's a lot of fun. But we all, I mean, we all do. I mean, just like we started here, right? We started with our bourbon tasting. We have our expert here that distills them. So we bring in like, what's the basis? How are these made? What is the proof? Okay, how is that one done? That one done? We all do. By the end, we don't give a fuck. It's like, cool, bro. That one's really, give me more of that one. Turn button, press button. Press button, press button, fire, pull the trigger. And that's where he's at now. But you know, it's when you have to start at the beginning of anything, as you start to get into anything, a hobby, you know, shooting guns, you know, distilling your your own bourbon, you have to understand the basics. So of it are the basics, baby. Advance. Fundamentals, you know. Control, but then the right call. people take it to the next level. So really, um, it, here's the thing. I think we've got some some fantastic bourbon. We've had some fantastic talk, and I think really the way to wrap this up is really to our mates that aren't here. And I think Mac hit it up perfect. It's not the morning; it's the remembering. So I'm gonna shed, at least for me, my Achilles heel, and that's Joe. So it's not that I wanna remember Joe in a bad way. I remember Joe as far as the Baghdad Christmas cake thief. And I don't know if he ever experienced with you. You told me the story and I love yeah. it. So, so the story that I always share is what he did in the objective, we all know that. The lives he saved, you know, instrumental. But it was Joe the person. I think that's really the key part. So Joe would steal Christmas cakes and they were packaged two to a time from our NBC guy. <laughs> he would sneak down there, steal it. And I was the recipient of one of those cakes, but I never knew who it was. So really he would steal it, stick it in my bunk, in my kit. I mean, in my boot, I would find these damn Christmas cakes everywhere. And that was him. That was, you know, the Cleveland Brown loving, maybe they'll make the Super Bowl one year. Never. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, my internal voice. But um, that was him. And that's the memory I have. So I think, you know, and again, I just use Joe as our, you know, kind of person remember, but it's remembering them. So really, my toast, having some great bourbon, some great guys here, uh, is just to our fallen, that we remember them, remember the good times, um, 
you know, figure out whatever our morning process is. But really, I raise our glasses today in amongst great company <clears throat> to our fallen. Remember our mates and cheers to them, man. Live yeah. a life in their honor. So yeah. to our fallen. Right on. Right. Cheers, guys. Yep. And I, I was on, I was on that hit Christmas yep. Eve with Joe. Yep. As you know, I, I, I pulled him out of that room mm -hmm. after he had gotten hit. Yeah. And it was a decision for me of, do I enter that room with my gun up and engage the threat, or do I go in with my gun down and risk being hit myself mm -hmm. and get Joe out of there? Yep. And I grab, I dropped my gun and I reached in there and grabbed yep. Joe and pulled mm -hmm. him back for us to work on him. Yeah. Um, but you know, for me to to toast to someone, um, <clears throat> Shannon McKinney, oh, which mm -hmm. we also called Mac. Yep. He yep. didn't die in combat. <clears throat> he was my neighbor, great friend. Beautiful um, man. He yep. cancer ended up getting mm -hmm. him. <clears throat> Uh, he was a phenomenal man, a hard yep. charger. Oh yep. my goodness. I remember after he had his surgery and had, you know, a lot of the cancer cut out two days later, I mean, literally had part of his rib cage, collarbone, his chest replaced with concrete bone that they had graft and done everything. Two days later, that man is walking around my neighborhood. But, and but I'm did, like, he, did he have his bib overalls on? He did. He <laughs> yes, absolutely he did. did. He had his overalls on. 100%, yeah, man. 100% yeah. country. Yeah. He's walking around the neighborhood, and I'm like, what are you doing, dude? You yeah. should be in bed. And he's like, I can't stand this anymore. You yeah. know, he's like, I got to get out of the house. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, for me, it's, it's Shannon McKinney. I mean, neighbor, I still, you know, live two doors down from where his house was. Mm -hmm. And drive by and always think of him, you know? Yeah, so to me, it's Shannon McKinney. Cool, Shannon. Yeah. Mm. I think the one that for me, I mean, when I write that list down, it's daunting, you know? But um, you guys probably, you remember Ivica? Ivica Chirac. Ivica Chirac. So while he was still in OTC, he wasn't even an operator yet. We recruited him out of OTC because he was from Croatia and we were doing the freaking Piffler kits. Yep. So he's in OTC and we're like, dude, this is your OTC culmination. <laughs> You're coming with us while we're snatching these freaking dudes up. But uh, nicest guy in the world and they, uh, his freaking team gave him the worst freaking code name, you know? And oh, yeah. with his accent, he says, yeah, my name's Ivica, code name Pizza. <laughs> 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 but nicest guy in the world, but you know, he was killed in the IED. Uh, uh, but yeah. Uh, yeah, so that's one. I mean, one out of several that you know resonate. But Kavitza, Kavitza, Kavitza. All right. That season where Kavitza was lost, yeah, uh, was monumental. It was to me the best of times and the worst of times yep. because mm -hmm. we were split into two different elements, um, and the the left hand really didn't speak to the right hand, and there was a lot of issues there. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, we killed a shit ton of bad guys. Uh, we lost Ivica, Trevor, Dising, Obadiah, Koloff, and we lost a ranger that was uh, also in that panther that everybody else was lost in. Uh, it was a bad time, certainly, but it was a funny thing that when we come to remember, it's, it's always Aaron Grider to me. Yeah. Aaron mm -hmm. Grider was, he was, to me, he was the best of, he was what you wanted to be. Mm -hmm. He was what you wanted to be. <laughs> You know, Aaron was so obsessed with being better when you talk about the PT guys. So he would train for the uh, Krispy Kreme challenge. 
<laughs> the Krispy Kreme challenge, Paul, if you don't know this already, you would have to run what was two and a half miles, mm -hmm. eat a whole uh, 12 pack of Krispy oh. Kremes, and then run two and a half miles back. So he would train for that. He's in the team room. Uh, he'd Tra he's training for this. Yes. <laughs> this ridiculous freaking thing. Correct. He would eat a bunch of food, run to the gym, get on the treadmill, and fucking run his face off and come back to the team room, eat some more food, run back to the team, run back to the gym, do more treadmill work. I'm like, what the fuck? But he was. He was a cyborg. To me, oh, yeah, he was a cyborg, but he was always constantly happy, mm -hmm. always upbeat, right? Yeah. Great believer in Christ and a fantastic dude. Uh, you know, just fantastic guy, and then died on his birthday. Mm -hmm. And and I'll tell you that story too. When he, when he died, they could not get a hold of Brittany, his wife. Uh, she was traveling to Germany to watch the Passion Play in Nuremberg, or Southern Nuremberg. I can't remember exactly where it's, where it is in, in Germany, but uh, Jeff Thoreau was Operation Star Major, and it was we were preparing for a great party. We we're gonna have this band, you know, just just bat of the bone, party in the backyard. We were gonna bring everybody on board, all the professionals that we knew, just burn it down. And we're preparing for this party. And my phone rings and it's it's got this strange number on it that you don't know where that's coming from, but we all know where it's coming from. And immediately when I answer the phone, I go out on the front porch and sit down because there's yeah. no reason why anybody should be calling me from this number. And it's Jeff and he says, can you tell me Look across the street there. Can you tell me where is Brittany home? I said, why are you calling me? Why are you calling me? Mm -hmm. And he said, I'm calling you because we can't get a hold. It's totally out of protocol, right? I'm not even part of the, no. the chain of concern. And he says, uh, we're looking for uh, Brittany. And I said, man, she's in Europe, bro. She's on the way to Europe. Uh, she happened to be in Charlotte at the time, but they ended up finding her. But um, then it was, the question was, do you have this party? And I said, Yes, we will. We will burn it down in honor of all of our mates, and in, mm -hmm. in, in this case, of course, Aaron. Uh, and we crushed it. But uh, he's constantly in my mind when it comes to the farm because he was he was always upbeat, man. He was always upbeat. Mm -hmm. and, and the rumor was, I believe it to be true, when they I wasn't there, when they put him on the helicopter, and he was expectant. He said everything is going to be okay. Yep. Mm. So. Mm. Yeah. Aaron. 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 And the rest of our followers. Yeah, buddy. Mm. To our mates. <clears throat> you know, Dutch, but you bring up a great point, man. It's these guys sacrifice so much. And it's how do we, you know, remember them in the positive way? How do we live for them? Yeah. And, and I think that's the key thing. But I think it's also key that it's okay to be emotional. Because oh, yeah. I, I've gotten emotional on different events, but it's we do that to let others know it's okay. You know, it's okay to sit there and, and we mourn these guys. We love these guys. I was at Joe's funeral, bro. Dude, <sighs> Matt Majority gave a speech and I, I cried my fucking ass out. Yeah. I didn't even know Joe. Yeah, I was there to support everybody, but I yeah. didn't even know Joe. It, but the cool thing is, live for them. You know, oh, yeah. at, the, it, at the end of the day, you live for those guys. You drink some good bourbon. You smoke some cigars. You hang out with friends. <clears throat> yep, you're in and, good company. And, and and I got it, man. Yep. You know, it's hard. We've got tear in our, tears in our eyes. That's all right. Because you know what? These guys were extraordinary men. Yep. They were 
phenomenal, whether it was Joe stealing Christmas cakes, whether it was, <laughs> you know, Aaron's freaking upbeat, you know, it doesn't matter. Whether it was Avika the pizza, you know, <laughs> pick your poison. Yep. Amazing men yep. that we were privileged, in my opinion, to spend time I'll with. I'll concur. You, you know, I would just say this. I wish I'd, you know, granted, we didn't have phones back then and all these other high-speed things. I just wish I had a picture of Joe. Yeah, I wish I took more pictures. You, you, you know, I wish I'd grabbed a picture with him. As much as we fucked around, you know, over there in House Nine, running around like yeah. a bunch of idiots, because I was making the arrest of the Baghdad Christmas Gate Keep. Because <laughs> I, I literally caught him right as the pages were going off. I'm like, oh, I got you, motherfucker. Yeah. And I slapped some cuffs on him. <laughs> but who knew? It's but, funny you say that. Ke- Kelly Rubin and I were just talking about how, but uh, just, it doesn't matter. You just, you know, you just get to that point where it, you just salute everybody that yeah. did all that yep. shit. You, know, you yep. get to that point where, did I do enough? Yep. Did I do well, enough? Well, here's the thing. I've had time to dwell on the, have I done enough, right? And we'll, we'll sidebar. That, that haunts me, bro. Like, we'll sidebar that one because I think that's a conversation just for us. But <sighs> That's haunting to me. You know, my mm. point being is we remember them. Yep. You know, that, that's the key thing. So it's not the morning part, it's it's remembering them. Yep. And it goes to what you said before, though. We get together more often. Oh, dude. We get we, together we, in great company. Yes. We tell the no, stories, that's, we uh, remember can, them. Uh, you know, we bring uh, in, we bring in yeah. new friends. <laughs> right, yeah, 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 right? yeah, And yeah. we have Connection great is key, times. bro. Connection is fucking yeah. key. It's very, impo- yep. it's very important. And like Dutch's freaking sessions, his tailgate sessions, to me, that is, that is stellar, man. That is top notch. I yep. really appreciate that. And and truthfully, I don't even know how. I have. I don't realize how much I need that. Yeah. <laughs> right. When I and, bring you guys on to freaking yep. help out with classes and stuff, yep. I'm like, dude, I am. Yeah. I am but very grateful where, you know, that you are here. When when <laughs> Paul comes to a class and brings a bottle of bourbon for everybody. Yep. Yeah. For us, it's 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 the camaraderie. You know, yeah. it's for us, we all love bourbon. We love cigars. We love shooting, you know, mm-hmm. and then and you tie all that together. So now we come together. Yeah, we, very we much do a class. It. You bring this. We can tailgate at the end of a class mm-hmm. and we can tell stories. We can hang out. Everybody loves it, you know, and just like what we're doing <clears> here. Yeah. We drink some cigar or we smoke some cigars. <laughs> and, you know, how are you cigars? Well, it's, like, but, it's an honor for me to yeah. be with you guys today. Uh, yeah. Right on. It, Pat. Paul, yeah. so much appreciate that you came down here with yeah. all of your quaff. Quality quaff, bro. Nectar of the freaking gods, man. One hundred percent, man. And um, I'm so glad that yeah, you guys were able Thank to come you. out, you yeah. know, yeah. and and that we all were able. To, I mean, we're busy as shit, man. All of us. So how do we make this happen? I don't know. The planets align, man. Yeah. <laughs> you know, here's how we make it happen. And, and I think here's the deal. I, I think we sit there, you know, us four, and we bring more into the fold. We pick yeah. a date. Hey, man, we're just getting together. Pick the point, you know, pick the place. I got it. I'm the outsider living the far out, if you want to say. We, we pick the date and we just go, screw it. I'm the outsider. Well, technically you're further, yes, but I'm, you know. <laughs> I'm with you. But we pick the yeah. date. Yeah. yeah. And how do we draw more into the crowd? You know, yeah. and how do we sit there and just, yeah, we need to. dude, yeah. Yeah. Have a I've been time. doing that. I've been yeah. doing it. I've been active on it. And, I mean. And really, to Paul's case, you know, the whole bringing the bourbon, dude, 
That was the easy part. Well, it, it's easy. Yeah, but it's so, uh, it's, uh, it's the got, glue, man. Yeah, it's yeah, the it's freaking the glue. glue. It's, it's the, it's, it's it plus it's together. symbolism, man. You know, it's yeah. so fucking well, American. American. That it's is the America. American fluid <laughs> yes. that brings us that, all yes, together. We're you right. all what Freddie said, right? What Freddie yeah. said. It's not, it's not about the whiskey. It's about the people you meet mm-hmm. and the lives that you touch. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, totally great. Yeah. Cheers to that. Cheers, Cheers guys. You. Cheers. And thank you, Paul, yeah. for thank showing up for and showing coming out, with all your out. stuff. I'm empty. Yep. 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 Thank yeah. you. It's been yeah, amazing. Buddy. Yep. Mm. Appreciate it. And cut. <laughs> Hi, Papa. 21 years special operations. Bleh, bleh, bleh. So, thanks for coming too, by um, the way. And happy, I appreciate happy. all you guys being here. Excuse my friggin' rinky dink setup with a pelican box and oh, plastic man. Adirondack chairs. So, here's the thing let's go ahead, uh, pick out whatever your favorite I bourbon is. charged already. So oh, shit. I'm, I'm gonna go ahead and charge with some, with some yes. maple there. Yep. Cause I still think the maple's my uh, my maple? favorite. I want yeah. you to take it. Perfect. Yeah, you I'm, I'm good, I'm good. Japanese. Japanese. I'm good. Yep. Setting it down. Yeah, what do you want the Japanese? Yeah, I'm going Jap. Go Japanese, turning Japanese. I think I'll think so. Oh, That's what I want. Oh, no, I'm good. You I'm trying. What what band is that? You'll turn in Japanese, man. Psychedelic first? No, psychedelic yeah. first, really? No way. What was the band? I'm turning, turning Japanese. Japanese. I feel I'm turning no, it Japanese. Like first. You think so? It wasn't the first, right? No, no it wasn't the first. Right now making their debut on Top of the Pops are the Vapors, just outside the top 30 with their single, Turning Japanese. MakeReady.tv is the official website of Pantier Productions and features over 5,000 segments from world-famous instructors. With new video titles added each month, MakeReady.tv is widely known as the Netflix of firearms training. However, we really do go beyond that. We have survival series. We have empty hands. We have edged weapons. We cover armorer skills. We've done documentaries, even medical and hunting. With your subscription, you will have access to an extensive library of videos. To be quite honest, we got a lot. Be sure to visit MakeReady.tv and subscribe today to stream our exclusive content to any device, anywhere, anytime. This is content that just may save your life or the life of someone you